0: Locked on Giants Live is back with Trina and Tana. That's coming your way next on the Locked on Giants podcast.
1: You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Today's episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dream of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code On. That's in all caps. Again, that promo code in all caps is On. And that game can be found at ultimate-gm.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Giants Live. You got Patricia Traynor here. Traynor, and I'm joined tonight by Tana. Dog isn't going to be with us tonight, unfortunately. He's uh, not in town, so he's off probably getting some some R&R. Much deserved, but uh, you got Traynor and Tana. That'll do, right? I mean, uh, nobody's going to complain. What's going on, Tana?
1: Been doing this for a while. We've been, you know, we did it before Bad Dog was on the show. I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to talk New York Giants football with you. Um, big lots to talk about, right? We're now within two weeks of the draft. Now you're getting all these stories that are coming out from you know, and we'll talk about it throughout the stream, I'm sure, with you know, people starting to knock Dexter Lawrence for sitting out and Saquon Barkley, and it's nonsense season. You know that during the offseason, but I'm excited to talk Giants football um yeah and what and what's to come for this football team this offseason
0: yeah absolutely and and before we get into stuff i have a couple of things i have to quick you know uh say first off i want to send a shout out to my everydayers these are people who tune in to the On giants podcast every day so if you are an everydayer, or let me know send me a comment on the chat box if you're listening on the uh audio streams send me an email and uh you know a lot of you did that you know when i introduced that group yesterday. It's a special group, and I really appreciate those of you who do tune into the Lock on Giants podcast every day. Uh, Tana, I also have to take a a quick moment, um, and I want to make a dedication here. Um, Yesterday, I got word that a longtime Giant fan, uh, Jim V, I'll call, I don't want to give his last name, but um, he was a longtime Giant fan. He's somebody who I actually, um, when I when I did my work with Inside Football, which I still do, by the way, he's been one of my longest and oldest subscribers. Jim V was stricken by cancer, passed away yesterday. Oh, wow. And I'm just absolutely heartbroken over that. You, For those of you who don't know, I'm a cancer survivor. Um, yeah. I recently had a check and I got back glowing results. And, and then, you know, That's to hear great. that Jim passed away, um, it, it just... Absolutely devastated me. So I want to dedicate tonight's program to Jim V, um, who was just a wonderful, wonderful human being. Who, he, who, when I first started out, believed in me, and who always used to say to me, "Oh, I saw you in a locker room on video, or I heard you ask a press conference question, and you bring class to the group." I always remember that. So, uh, Jim V, this one's for you, my friend. Uh, miss you terribly, and. and uh, Let's hope the Giants win one for you this year because you deserve it, my friend. So uh, wanted to, to put that out. And then of course we could say rest in peace to the Metlight Stadium old turf, but that was good riddance, more so than anything. But yeah, thank <laughs> God, God for that. We were able to change the turf out finally. So
1: Yeah, I was I was scanning through Twitter last night. I saw LPG posted a tweet like two or three days ago. I saw it last night. Um yeah, it looks brand new, it looks great. Hopefully, I don't really care what it looks like. It's more so how do the players perform on yes. the turf. It can't be yeah. much worse. I actually did a little research on it when when they first announced the type of turf that they're going to have, and yeah, that's I, I think that's arguably our our best free uh, acquisition this offseason season is the changing of the turf, even if it saves a couple of injuries. That'll be huge for this football team this year.
0: Right, right, yeah, definitely. All right, and I see a few people in the uh, the chat group, the chat box, are, are saying that they're every day. There's Giants Chronicle podcasts, uh, Cletus, uh, tea bags. Uh, checked in. Uh, I'm sure there's a few others. Uh, uh, let's see, David Dulak checked in. Uh, so thank you. Those of you who are checking in, I'm sure there were others. If I missed you, just pop it in the box and, and I'll, I'll give you a shout out if I can as we go along. But uh, let's get into it, uh, Tana. obviously, um, the draft's coming up, you know, rumors are starting to fly and whatnot. Yeah. You know, I've gone back and forth on this with regards to do the Giants go Receiver? Do they go cornerback? What's the best course of action? Now it's interesting. I've been watching so all these mock drafts, and one scenario I posed in my mock draft that I did for Giants Country, and I'm just going to throw it out there for everybody who might have missed it. What if there's, you know, there starts to be a run on cornerbacks, and the mm-hmm. Giants want to trade up to get one of these stud cornerbacks? I mean, I could see that happening. I don't think the Giants are going to take goal ten picks. Yeah, I actually, I actually
1: posed that as a possibility. I think I actually looked back on the tweet yesterday. On April 1st, I posed that as a possibility when I looked at the draft board. Um, and generally, I'm not a guy that loves trading up in a draft. I, I, yeah. If anything, I'd like to accrue more draft capital. But when you look at the draft board, you look where the Giants are picking. If the Giants want to ensure that they're going to get the corner or wide receiver of their choosing, they're probably going to have to trade up. Uh, yeah. Now, maybe they'll sit there, but you look at some of the teams that are picking in front of the Giants – a lot of those teams could definitely go wide receiver. They need receivers, and I think corners are going to fly off the board. I think it's the strength of this draft, particularly early on. Um, so I would not be surprised at all. Now I don't expect the Giants to trade up twelve spots, right. but you know, a team like the Bucs, for example, I think they're picking 19th or 20th. If you can mm-hmm. move up five, five spots for maybe a, a, a you know a third or fourth round pick. Um, and make a move like that, I could see that being something that Joe Shane's interested in in this year's draft for sure, um if there's a guy that they really love. the other thing I want to say, I'm curious to get your take on this. um as the draft has gotten closer and closer and I've looked at the value and the the players that I project to probably be there when we're picking at twenty five, the more I think it's at least increasingly increasingly likely, we could go on, we could go with the defensive line in the first round. I'm not yeah. saying we're do. But I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if we ended up with an edge or defensive tackle at pick number 25.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting you you brought that up because someone asked me that, and I said I could see that being a possibility as well. What I think is going to be the case, and, and, and this is interesting because right now there hasn't been any movement at, at that I know of on Leonard Williams and getting him signed to an extension, you know, as opposed to a restructure. But, um, you know, I look at – position value i look at you know how the board may fall uh, i've been talking to people in the scouting community um, who, who do this you know year round i mean i'm I'll, I'll to be honest with you i only do it like from the time the season ends to yeah. the, the actual draft so i'm not as well versed in it as the people who do it year round and basically they say that you know the outside people you know the media the fans seem to have a higher opinion of the receivers than the scouting community. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whereas cornerback, um, defensive line, and uh, I, I think tight end was the other, you know, strong class. Which the Giants tight had a really loaded tight end. this year. Tight
1: end is loaded yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So,
0: you know, if you're the Giants, and and I keep saying this, and I know you can't draft for need. I mean, you. I, I guess you can draft for need, and teams do it. Yeah. But you got to look down. And and this is a question, by the way, I'm going to ask Joe Shane. Spoiler alert. Joe Shane, for those of you who don't know, he's talking to the media on April 20th, which means I'm going to be working on my birthday, but that's OK. I'm doing that's it. Your birthday. Birthday? That's my birthday. Yes.
2: Happy birthday. You, you Thank you. Be...
0: Double nickels for me. So, <laughs> there you go. so, yeah, double nickels. So anyway, uh, I'm going to ask this of Joe Shane. I'm curious to know when they do the draft. How far down the line are they looking, you know? So a lot of people think, oh, we're just drafting for this year or we're drafting for a couple of years. I'm interested to hear how far the line, down the line he looks at because you look at the quarterback situation, they really didn't add much to that. They, they added Amari, Amani, excuse me, Amani O'Rari. I hope I said yeah, that yeah.
1: right. He's a depth.
0: Um, you know, Adori Jackson's in the final year of his deal because he's got a voidable year the following year. Um, Aaron Robinson, can he stay healthy?
1: Yeah, you know, and I, I think better in the slot too, isn't Right, Rob?
0: exactly. And then they, you know, Nick McLeod is gonna compete. Cordell um Flott. Is, Cordell you know, Flot. Yeah, Cordell Flot. Well yeah. that's he, he, I don't know. To me, get a bona fide starter at you know, a future starter there at that cornerback spot. I I, I know it's a deep class. I get it. Yeah. I know that you could get a cornerback as late as round four, but I also believe there's going to be runs on the position. So do you really want to wait? I, If I'm the Giants, I go cornerback. No question.
1: Every, everything tells me if, if there's a corner worth taking there, we're going corner. I mean, it's the one I think so, too. We, yeah, it's the one position we didn't address, um, you know, in this year's free agency period. A Dory Jackson, I think it's very possible he won't be with this team after this year, and that's not a yeah. knock on Jackson. I think he's tremendous. I think he's very good, right. but he's a free agent next year, and we already we've already tied up a lot of cap to Jones. You know, going forward, you got to figure Dex is getting his extension. Obviously, Andrew Thomas is getting his extension. Uh-huh. I think they're going to go for a young corner if the right corner is there. I also don't think Joe Shane's going to reach. So if there is not a corner there that they're enamored with at twenty five. That's where I start to turn my attention as a fan towards. Well, they may go defensive line here. They may go tackle. They or, may go edge or wide receiver. Or maybe
0: they trade up. You know, or if, if one of those corners, start, yeah. you know, one of those top corners starts to slide down the ball, the uh, board. Why not trade up? Yeah, I can see that because I, I, I'm telling you, I would be shocked if they take all ten picks. And the reason why I say that is because of the cap situation. Now, um, I'm going to look it up on over the cap so that I give you the right, um, the the right numbers here. we got nothing. We got nothing. Well, hold on. I'm I'm going to tell you the the number here because I want to make sure that I have the right information here. So, the Giants' total rookie pool as of right now is 10.453 million. But they only technically need a sneeze under three million. So they need 2.95 to sign their rookie class. All right, that's the um, effective cap space now. As of right now what did the giants have in cap space let's take a look here the giants have actually they're in the red in effective cap space 653,731 but they have 2.299 million in total space right. so folks they're going to need to clear some money someplace and you know trading away a draft pick even if it's like a one of those 7th rounders or something like that that'll help i don't think they're going to go crazy I don't think they're going to trade, you know, uh, away their second or third round pick. Mm-hmm. But I could see them making a move um, where I don't know. But uh, I, I think corner is the position. That's the feeling I get that they're going to maybe hone in on. Um, although, again, to your point, Chris, you know, if if um, Leonard Williams doesn't budge off of, you know, his stance here, and they can't get him signed. Now you've got to address that position. So yeah,
1: and Leo probably still he's going to play this year, in my opinion, regardless of what they do with that contract. But I don't think Leo. There's a good chance Leo won't be here in 2024. And then if you're the Giants, you got to think about that, right? If there's a guy there that you really like at that position, it's not just about this year. As Giants fans, we know that as much as anybody, right? Look at the look at the evolution of Dexter Lawrence. I mean, you know, you see how important a player he is. We're talking about how now he's a 25 million dollar player. But it took him some time and some better coaching to put him in the right situation for him to succeed. So when you're drafting, you're not just drafting for 2023. You're drafting for 2027. You're drafting for the next it's five, massive. eight, nine, ten 10 years. So I don't think they're going to draft exclusively for need, even though, you know, we're all looking at the corner. But I just think the need matches up with the value for the most part, because I think there's like at least five corners, maybe even more that you could argue are worthy of that 25th overall pick. But yeah. I'm going to tell you the guy I hope, I don't think he's going to drop, but the guy that I hope drops, or maybe he drops to 18 or 19, and it gives the Giants the opportunity to move up and go get him, I like Porter Jr. a lot uh, out, of, out of Penn State. I, I I think he's going to go before then, but I just think about what Wink could do with him in his defense. I mean, the guy's 6'2 with 34-inch arms. The, guy, the, guy, the guy's 24? fast. Um, he's physical. That's the corner that I think would actually fit best in this draft um, at least out of realistic guys that we could potentially land, even though he's not very realistic. I think we'd have to trade up to get him, but I don't think he's going top 10. I don't think he's going where Christian Gonzalez is going. Um, that's a guy that I'd be excited with if we landed him on draft night.
0: Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people say, well, what about receiver? But the more I look at what the Giants did with receiver, I mean, let's let's talk about who they have. First off, Joe Shane, I think, kind of telegraphed to us way back at the end of the season that, you know, when he was downplaying Getting a, a number one receiver, he's like, "Yes, I'd like to get one, but it's he, you know." And I'm paraphrasing here. It's not imperative that that we get one. He's downplayed
1: um, in every interview,
0: right? He's downplayed it in every interview. And so you look at what they've done. Okay, so Darren Waller, even though he's a tight end, he's going to probably be their their top receiving target. They yeah. brought back Darius Slayton. They have Colin Johnson, who I think a lot of people forget about. Who I mean, he was on his way to becoming a starter before he had the injury. Yeah. All right. Wondell Robinson should be back at some point. Then it's probably going to come down to Sterling Shepard and, and uh, I, don't, uh, I don't even think you
1: mentioned Campbell Pratter, and mentioned
0: then Paris Campbell.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah. they have at receiver. Now, do they have a sexy name per se? Probably not, but do you need a sexy name? I mean, it would be great to have it, but if you don't have it this year, you wait rather than force it rather than overspend on somebody just go and, and and just, you know, see what happens. You know, the I inter- mean, that guy.
1: the interesting thing with the wide receiver in this year's draft for me, at least. Just like reading the patterns with what the Giants have done when you look at some of the people we have brought in, because they brought in a ton of wide receivers, like in terms of the draft pro- process with interviews. I think they've interviewed like 10 or 11 receivers. But the interesting thing is the receivers they've brought in they're all over the map in terms of where they're expected to go in this year's draft. Like they've brought in, they brought in Zay Flowers. They brought in Addison. They brought in like the top four guys, right? Quentin Johnston. But then you look, they bring in guys like Tyler Scott. They're looking at like round three guys. And then they got a couple of round five guys. So it seems like Joe Shane is just, he's preparing himself for various different scenarios. He knows he's going to address the wide receiver at some point in this draft. And depending on which wide receiver gets to him in said round, he'll take them there. But, It seems like he's leaving the door open for different scenarios with the wide receiver position in terms of where he's going to take him in this year's draft.
0: Exactly. So that's why I'm thinking it's not going to be receiver. My first two picks for the Giants, probably going to be a cornerback and then interior offensive line, specifically center. And, you know, interesting. Let's talk about center here for a second here. Please, please. Um, We can all agree that games are won and lost in the trenches. And last year, there was far too much pressure coming up the gut. Now, I know those of you who have read me or follow me, you know that in the beginning I was a big John Michael Schmitz fan.
2: Yeah,
0: I still like his game. But the more I think about it, the more I'm wondering if maybe they go with Titman if he's there. And the reason why I say Titman is because he is the most athletic out of the group. So if you want to pull and sweep and trap and do all these fancy things that I think the Giants would, were doing some of last year, To me, Tittman from Wisconsin might make more sense.
1: Well, Tittman had the best combine in terms of from an athletic standpoint. He had the best combine, and I I think his his stock went up a little bit because of it. Schmitz, to me, is probably the safest of the bunch, at least from Mm -hmm. what you hear when you watch people do film breakdowns. But a lot of people feel he doesn't necessarily have the ceiling to warrant taking him in the first round, being that he's a center prospect. So we'll see. I'm interested to see what they do. But when you think about it, you know, I actually mentioned this in my mock draft. I didn't have him take a tipman. Who'd I have him taken? I can't remember. Whippler? I don't know. Uh, was who, it who, who was it?
0: The kid from Ohio State, Whipler?
1: That's who it was actually. Yeah, I had him taken Whipler. Uh I think in the third round. I had him dropping in the third round. But um I I, I brought up a, a late flyer uh, offensive lineman that I really liked out of LSU in the oh, fifth or sixth. Scruggs? No, not Scruggs. Scruggs is a center. This guy's a guard. Um, but the, the reason I brought him up was because he was very similar to Josh Azudu. When I say that, positional versatility, I think that's something they're really going to look at on the offensive line. I think that's a major reason why they drafted Azudu to begin with last year. Azudu was kind of built like a tackle. He played some tackle at the collegiate level. He's capable of playing the guard. And the other interesting thing with Azudu, you think about what they did at North Carolina. They ran the ball a ton with the quarterback, right? Their quarterback mm-hmm. that year ran for over 800 yards. He had the third most rushing yards in college football. And I think they realized that they want that type of lineman who's accustomed to blocking for a mobile quarterback, being that they plan to use Daniel Jones in the way in which they did. So Tipman does make sense. A guy that's a little bit more athletic, a guy that could pull, a guy that could get out out in space. So I wouldn't be surprised if they went that route um, in yeah. terms of having a little bit more of an athletic style type offensive lineman. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, once we get into round three, round four, it's a toss-up. I do think running back is on the docket at some point. Um, yeah. You know, and and we'll talk about Saquon and Dexter in a little bit, but I think considering that Saquon, and this is just my my gut feeling here, by the way, I have a feeling that they don't get a multi-year deal done this year. Yeah, that he's going to play on the franchise tag. Yeah, and matter of fact, I was talking to somebody about this um, yesterday. Here's what we, you know, and we we were both in agreement about what we think is going to happen with Saquon. Yeah. So, to fill you guys in, I might as well talk about this now. I know I said we'll talk about it in a little bit, but to fill you in, um, Saquon obviously not signing the franchise tag, which means he doesn't have to report to any offseason program mandatory or voluntary all right? because he's technically not under contract what i think is going to happen he's going to sign by that deadline that july 17th deadline then maybe come in at that point and and you know be there for training camp and stuff like that but see here's the thing with Saquon, i saw something i think it was the new york post had it where he's allegedly looking for 15 mil a year still he's get that. 15 mil a year
1: that came out recently
0: I, I don't remember when it came out. I think I, Serby had it, if I'm not mistaken. I don't well, remember. No, I don't I mean, I I
1: read, originally, I definitely could see him having that that standpoint, but not right now. If you're say, For me... No, I, I,
0: well, I, I don't remember when the article was, but I linked it. It's it's in the, the article I did for Giants Country on, on you know, it, it was a recent article I did for Giants Country. So there's a link to that article there. But, you know, if he's looking for 15 mil a year, ain't going to get it.
1: No. Now, I... I, so, I, I I think a fair contract at this point factoring in the levers that the New York Giants currently have 13? I think it's I think it's what amounts to guaranteed money in two franchise takes. so yes. he's I think it's ten point one this year. Let's get let's say twenty three guaranteed. That's what I think is like a a fair contract that I could see maybe them meeting in the middle. Because Shane, you know, he wants – I don't think Shane wants Saquon to play in the tag in a perfect world. I think he wants no. to start, you know, showing that he, it, it's a welcoming environment for players. He wants to promote his players. He wants to give the, the the leaders of the team the opportunity. But at the same time, based off the running back market, he also can't can't give Saquon what he wants. But right. I think if they could come to a terms on like a 3 for 35, 22, 23 guaranteed, that's something that I hope I hope transpires before the year starts.
0: Well, let's play devil's advocate here. Here's what I would think, you know, if I were his agent, and this is what I would probably be telling him, right or wrong, by the way, but this is how I see it. So you play on the tag this year. That tag is guaranteed once it's signed. So $10.1 Yeah. Next year, you've got to go through this whole, you know, song and dance again. But the difference is, is next year, there's going to be other candidates that are potentially up for the tag. You know, if if Xavier McKinney has a big year, he's going to be a candidate for the tag. There'll probably be others. Um, off the top of my head, I'm I'm trying to remember. Andrew Thomas won't be because they'll pick up his his option year. Uh, Dexter, they should have done. You know, they could also. You know, if they don't get something done with Leonard Williams, they could probably tag him if they wanted to. And if somebody has a a breakout season, you know the, the bottom line is the tag is. Is, is, you know, not guaranteed to be there next year for Saquon. So if you're the agent, do you say, okay, you know what? we might have to bite the bullet this year, play on the tag. But next year, we're hitting the market because there's no way they're going to use the tag on us two years in a row. It's a gamble. Yeah. It also means that Saquon has to gamble on himself, gamble that he stays healthy, that he has another big year. Yeah. But uh, name me a player that doesn't want to gamble on himself.
1: But the thing I'll say about that is if I'm Saquon's agent and I'm trying to give him the best advice, I would tell him you could duplicate what you did last year. You were great last year. You were top four running back, but you're going to be less valuable next year because you're going to be 27, even if you have a really good year. So if I'm Saquon's agent, I tell him, listen, if we could get what amounts to two franchise tags of guaranteed money, Let's take the deal. Let's assure that you get yourself that 22 or $23 million guaranteed at his age, um, at his position with his injury history, whether or not the New York giants will be willing to do that. I don't know, but that's something that I hope transpires because I want Saquon to be happy and mm-hmm. I want the New York giants to not get, you know, you know, give up an arm and a leg to retain him. I think I want to, I want them to get him back for a fair price. So hopefully they meet in the middle.
0: And And also I think a contract, given the injury history, you got to have some incentives in there. Whether yeah. it be roster incentives, whether it be performance incentives, you can't just give them a straight up deal and say, here, 15 million APY guaranteed, you know, and, and the other thing about Saquon, um, they did, you know, I went back and I looked, Shane did say that they're basically starting from square one, you know, now that they applied the tags, So I guess whatever offer they had on the table, which was, you know, about 12.5, 13 million, somewhere in that neighborhood is now off the table. The Giants know they have the leverage. So Saquon, by sitting out the offseason program, and by the way, you know, it's not like he's going to sit out the year because if he was going to totally sit out the year and totally wash his hands of the Giants, he wouldn't have been down in Arizona working out with his team.
1: He, Yeah, he's doing the smart thing. I mean, listen, he's trying to create a little bit of of leverage in terms of maybe contract communication. But even more importantly, Pat, he knows there's a very good chance he's going to play in the tag. And he's not going to put his body in harm's way as much as possible. That's the smart move for Saquon, and that's the smart move for Dexter Lawrence too. Until he signs his contract, I know that became like a minor story yesterday. Dexter Lawrence would be a fool. I, you know, I said this. I said this like week thirteen, week fourteen, when people laughed at me when I said we're going to, Dexter Lawrence is going to get extended. I said you are you dumb. Of course he's going to get extended. He's only getting twelve million dollars next year. Coming up an All Pro season. If I'm Dex Lawrence's agent, I say you're not touching a football field until you get your $24 million. You see what some of these defensive tackles are getting? So I expect Dexter Lawrence to sit it out until such time uh, they get, you know, they get the extension done. And I, I think it'll be similar with Barkley. He's gonna try to play every any little bit of leverage he could get. Um, and I think it's gonna get messy, but in the end, I think he'll be back with the Giants. I don't see us trading him on draft day, like some yeah. people have said. I don't see that. Um, I think he'll be back. It's just a matter of you know how he comes back, whether it's on an extension or the tick.
0: Yeah, I, and and I do think it's going to be the tad. I mean, yeah. I, I at this point, I would be shocked if they get a multi-year deal deal done. I think Dexter will get one done way before or Saquon will. Oh, that, I and think Dexter will really The other one. thing here's the other thing with with <clears throat> excuse me with regards to Saquon, and and maybe the agents thinking here. I don't think Andrew Thomas is going to get his extension this year because basically they don't have the money. Nor do they really have to get it done this year because they do yeah. have. The fifth-year option. That being said, next year I think is when Andrew will get his new deal. In addition to, like I said, Xavier McKinney. So now, if you're Saquon, Saquon's agent, you're saying, "Okay, ain't no way they're going to be able to sign all of you." So somebody's hitting the market. Yeah. But as you said, Saquon will have another year of wear and tear on him. How much is his value going to take take a, a a dip? Also, add to the fact that this year. Not only was the running back class uh, in free agency weak, but the draft class is historically strong. So the leverage just isn't there. There's no incentive, I think, for Saquon to sign a deal, a multi-year deal. I mean, you just say, look, this was a bad year to hit free agency. Yeah. Let's just, you know, ultimately they're going to play on the tag. I really believe that. And just see, he take should, your chance he should
1: fire you. his a- He should fire his agent. I'm being honest with you. I, I maybe you're friends with her, or whatever. But the the fact that he was offered twelve and a half or thirteen million dollars, uh, you know, during the bye week, for her not to at least foresee this as a possibility. When you talk about the strength of the running back draft class and the ability for the New York Giants to tag him, um, they should have taken that deal. They should have absolutely taken that deal.
0: Yeah, but the problem was when that deal was offered at the time, Saquon was the offense, and then he was. No, he was. And then I I don't know if this is true. I read something. I forget who who said it. So maybe I shouldn't even say anything. But somebody said that when the negotiations didn't pan out, that that Saquon, you know, I don't want to say took it personally, but they said that he he kind of got a little down or he was disappointed. But you know, right around then, remember the passing game started to pick up. Because teams finally figured out how to slow Saquon down, you know. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, hope feel bad. He's I, I don't feel
1: that bad for him, even though I love him. Because he did get paid very well his first five years in the league as the second overall pick. It's not like it's Tony Pollard who was like a day two pick where he never yep. got paid it yet and he got tagged, but. Yeah. Do I think he got screwed out a little bit on the deal? Sure. Do I think Barkley would have gotten something more had he hit the market? Yeah, but it is what it is. I, I can't blame Shane for doing what he's doing. I think it's the right decision on, on both sides, really. Like, I, yeah. I, I can't really see fault from either end in this. Even if Barkley holds out this year, I won't hold it against him. I understand he it. will so, hold out. I don't think you will, but I, I, I it's a tough situation for both sides.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's just hope it doesn't turn ugly. I don't think it will. Yeah. Um, But, look, The thing that I tell people, because already people are screaming, oh, what kind of leader is he? What about Dexter Lawrence? You know, he's not showing." Guys, this is the voluntary part of the program. Now, the only thing I get concerned about is if they work out on their own and they suffer an injury, that's an NFI, non-football injury. Now the Giants have even more leverage to say, okay, you know what? You worked out on your own. You got hurt we don't have to pay you. That's what happened, if, if I'm not mistaken, with Aziz Ojulari last year. Mm. He had that injury. It was classified as an NFI. Now, the Giants paid him, but they are within their rights if a player suffers an NFI to not pay them. And that's where it can get a little sticky, especially if the team is is strapped for cash. So um, that's going to be interesting to see. But uh, and, and that's the gamble you take. But Saquon... Once he does come into camp, and he will, he yeah, will be in shape. He will be in shape, and oh, I, I'm, hey, I'm not worried.
1: you me? Saquon, Saquon Barkley could eat a pound of potato chips every day for the rest of the offseason, and he would still look like a Greek god. Yes. And Saquon Barkley is a physical specimen. <laughs> so I'm not worried yeah. about that. I'm not worried about that.
0: And and by the way, you know, no, no disrespect here, but that news – yesterday i mean if you didn't see that coming from pluto then i don't know what to tell you i mean it was pretty obvious of course, that of that course. was gonna be the, what he was going to do i mean I, he had to do it he had to do of it, of course and 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 it just like it's obvious that you know if he signs that deal any sooner than july 17th that that franchise tag i'd be shocked and here's the funny thing is is he can sign that tag and be you know locking that that money which is now fully guaranteed and they could still negotiate on a long term deal, at which point now he's got to be guaranteed at least 10.1 million in the first year of that deal. So I really don't understand the logic here behind, you know, sitting there and twiddling your thumbs and saying, well, I'm not going to sign it unless it's it's to say, OK, you know what? We don't want to run the risk of having an injury during the offseason. You, you,
1: you want to you or- know the truth? You want to know the truth? The, the, the reason that fans are acting surprised and shocked by this we're not used to this. We don't keep our players, yes. so you it's know this, this happens around the league every year with players when, they, when they're when they're threatening that you know to, to hold out because they're going to have to play on the tag or whatever. We haven't had high profile players that we had to re sign and give. I, it's crazy since 2011. Before this year, I think it, what, I, we've talked about it. I think before on the show,
0: Shepard was one. Odell was another.
1: Shepard, uh, Odell, and I think there was one more. Uh, JPP. I think those were the only three players that got an extension by the New York Giants over that yep. ten or eleven years stretch. You think about it now; you already got Daniel Jones, you already got Darius Slayton, you got Rob Barkley. Technically, you're gonna have Dexter Orange, you're gonna have Andrew Thomas. Good chance you have McKinney. So we're not used to this as Giants fans having good players that are worth keeping. So yep. I think that has a lot to do with, like I guess, the outrage or you know, I see it's crazy to me some of the nonsense content. That I see on Twitter, that I see on TikTok, that I see on YouTube, people saying, Oh, the teams they're it's becoming a me team. They're turning on Daniel Jones because he got 40 million dollars. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is business. Yeah. The NFL's a business. Saquon Barkley's doing the right thing. So is so is Dexter Lawrence. And they'll get their deals and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll figure it out.
0: Exactly. And that's a good point. And it's a good problem to have, too. Yeah. Of that's course. what you want. You want to retain your homegrown talent. And I see somebody mentioned, amazing guy actually mentioned, oh, we, we re-signed Leo but didn't draft him. We're talking about homegrown talent. Yeah, homegrown, homegrown, yeah. Yeah, So draft picks is what we're talking about here. But, yes, Leo is, is someone who got a second contract, obviously, from the Giants. So, um, but, yeah, it, it's a good problem to have. It, it shows that, the you know, the drafting has gotten a little bit better. You know, we, we've talked about this before. Gettleman didn't do such a bad job with the drafting you know, when all is said and done, he did put a lot of core pieces in there. He also swung and missed on some guys, but, you know, most of the core pieces are from Gettleman and now Shane is supplementing it and, you know, smarter free agent moves. And what I like about what Shane's doing free agent wise is with very few exceptions, he's not locking guys up to multi-year deals. It's basically a one-year deal. Yeah. Prove
1: and his contract with Jones was great too, in the way in yeah. terms of the way that he structured it and gave himself options. Um, yeah, and and the way he approached free agency is exactly how I want my general manager to approach free agency. I'm not always going to agree with every move the general manager makes, but I at least want a good strategy, a good philosophy. And to me, I think most good well run well-run organizations use free agency as a band aid, and that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Harris Campbell's a band aid. Uh, Darren Waller in the grand scheme of things is probably a band-aid in terms of being the number one option for the New York Giants. So Mm -hmm. they got short-term deals, guys that plugged holes for a year or two, and guess what? They're going to get their Paris Campbell this year probably in the draft, their long-term Paris Campbell, their long-term Darius Slayton. They're going to get those guys in the draft. That's how they're going to build this team, but they use free agency as a tool to fill some holes. And what Shane said when he took this job is exactly what he's doing. I want I want to compete now and build to win long term. That's essentially what he said all, you know, throughout since he's been a Giants general manager. and That's exactly what he did throughout free agency. I'm thrilled by what he's done.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, the one thing I'll say about Shane, he is without telling us, he's told us what he's going to do and he's done it. Yeah. You know, 100%. I mean, if you go back and you look at his presser at the end of the year, he basically told everybody, you know, what his strategy was going to be with, with wide receiver, that, you know, we're going to upgrade the, the run defense. We're going to, you know, look to upgrade, you know, the talent around Daniel Jones. Everything he said that they were going to look to do, he's done. Yeah. And, and, and you know, how nice is it to have that transparency as opposed to, oh, we're just going to go out and we're going to, you know, just add guys that we think fit the New York Giants mold. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, come yeah. on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, he's definitely been, he's definitely been straightforward and transparent since he took the job. And you know, I, I guess we're used to Gettleman, who's the opposite of that. Um, and people have been doubting Shane the whole way. But when when he has said something, when he's put his foot down, he's meant it. He literally came out and said, "We're keeping Daniel Jones." What happened? I, you know, he said that Daniel Jones was going to be the starter before the, you know, in last year. What happened? You know, people doubted that. Oh, we might take Malik Willis. We might do this. No, um, what he has said is 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 what he has meant. And he talked about how he's going to build up the line. Well. He's put a lot of resources into both sides of the line, right? He had Nacho. He got, I think I, I think he's going to give Dexter Lawrence a huge contract. I think he's probably going to draft a defensive lineman at some point. He obviously drafted a bunch of linemen last year. McKeith, and we forget about him as well, um, along with Azudu and Evan Neal. So he's been a man of his word, and I, I like the way that he's building this football team thus far.
0: Yeah, and, and here's the other thing. Look at the message it's sending to the locker room. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, when you do what you say you're going to do and you're yeah. transparent – Now you shouldn't have any problem recruiting guys to play for you. You know, um, there were, there were a couple things that I don't think panned out. I know everybody asked me about a Sean Robinson, you know, what's the story there. I don't think they have the money for him. I think that's what what the problem was there, but you know, they brought in a lot of guys, you know, that, that were reported um, some of whom weren't reported. So they're making moves. They are constantly looking to upgrade that roster. And you know, I, I just like the job Shane's doing now. Has he been perfect? No. You know, they're there but I like that he's in step with Dable. That it's yeah. not Shane versus Dable. Because in right. the past I can tell you there were it was there were cases where it was GM versus head coach and nothing got done except for the team to, to fall down the, the toilet. So
1: yeah, no, they're de- they're definitely in sync. You could tell that from day one. Um, it's what I was excited about and can't wait to see what Dable does uh, year two with the New York Giants. I, I'm right. really excited about this team this year. I really am. I'm not I'm not even, like, a little bit worried. Like, a lot of people are saying they're going to fall off. They're going to win five games, six games. The was going to be harder. I don't think so. Um, right. I
0: believe in Dable,
1: and I, I think he's going to have this team ready to go. I think this team's only going to be better next year. So I'm excited for next
0: year. All right. So that said – let me ask you a question, and I'll also yeah. put this out to the chat room too for those who want to answer it. How much do you feel the Giants closed the gap with Dallas and Philly so far?
1: I think we've closed the gap significantly with the Cowboys. Um, I don't think we're quite there yet because I still think the Cowboys are stronger in the trenches. And a lot of, and a lot of our closing of the gap is going to come down to Evan Neal, he's going to be a major factor, major factor, Um, you know, his potential growth, right? I think he's probably the most important player personally in terms of a guy that we need to take a jump going into 2023. Uh, So he's going to have a lot to do with that. And of course, Daniel Jones, year two in the system, how much of an impact is that going to have him having another year with Kafka and Dable? But if Jones progresses the way that I think he can this year, and I think he's going to have a big year. That's a preview for you, how I think Daniel Jones is going to do in 2023. I think he's going to have a big year. And if he does, I think we could close. The, I think we could be even with the Cowboys. If Daniel Jones next year goes out there and becomes a bona fide top 10 quarterback, there's no reason why we can't catch the Cowboys. I, I, I really truly believe that. The gap with the Eagles, however, we're not there yet. Uh, the, the Eagles, are they, they just have a loaded roster. And I know they lost some players, but they got some good draft picks that are going to fill those voids. Um, I think we're at least another year away from the Eagles and we have to draft very well over the next two years, but I do think we can compete with the Cowboys. You know, you look at the scores last year and you, you could trick yourself into being like, oh, we were fairly competitive with the Cowboys. We weren't, they dominated us in both of those games, even though the scoreboard didn't say so we lost by about a touchdown in both games. I think the giants are going to be close to, I, I think we'll split with the Cowboys next year. I really do. I think we're going to be close to on par with the Cowboys next year.
0: And here's the other thing, you know, when we look at how close they are. Right now my biggest concern and this leads back to why I believe it's going to be cornerback in round 1 if one falls or if they have to go up. Who's covering the CD Lambs, the AJ Browns, the Devonta Smiths, the Terry McLaurin's? Who's covering those guys?
1: That's the that's 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 the worry and that's why I think a lot of us want to go corner in the first round.
0: Uh-huh.
1: That's, That's the where
0: I'm going corner in the first time. That's why I'm willing to trade up a yeah. few spots to get, especially if I see those, those top cornerbacks start to slide down the board. I'm willing to trade up.
1: Who's the, who's the corner you want? Who, who's, who's the one that you're eyeing up?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. The, the one I picked in my latest mock draft for giants country was Emmanuel Forbes. Okay. A lot of people like it. I also had to do a mock draft for um, fan nation. And I think I picked um, Deontay Banks. He had fallen down to the Giants at, at that spot.
1: I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Yeah,
0: and and then for lockdown, I think for lockdown, I did the same thing. I think I went with Deontay Banks. But point being is, I went with cornerback. And I'm probably going to do another mock draft at some point next week, um, just just to update it. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely uh, I, I think cornerback makes the most the most sense personally.
1: So what's yeah. up, Juan? Man, thanks for popping in, hey, buddy.
0: Juan, thank you. Thank you. Now the, the, only that, the only thing
1: that scares me a little bit with Forbes is, his, and everybody talks about it, it's obvious, it's his size. He's, he's his only size, on 165 yep. pounds. Um, you know, it was very similar to Cordell Flat last year, but with Flat, you're taking him like 100th overall, not at 25. So right. I think that's the biggest worry. But there's, in terms of his ball skills, he's probably the best corner in this class. And if he weighed 185, 190 pounds, he might be the number one corner in this year's class. But well, I think it's, his size is the is the worry there.
0: Well, here here here's the thing with Forbes. I mean, when I look at the Giants cornerback position last year, that group combined for one interception. And that was oh. by Rodarius Williams, who I don't even think makes the roster this year, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's bad. Yes, Forbes is is is, is you know a smallish. Yes, the frame is is small, but if he can come in and, and hold up. And you know sometimes these these smaller guys can you know they can surprise you, and he's a ball hawk. You know if he if he turns into the ball hawk that he was in, in college, I'll I'll take it. I don't I care mean, if he's, so he's,
1: got other he's got the other measurables. You always want to. Right. You always look for the longer arms. That's important for a cornerback. He's over thirty two inches. He's over six feet tall but the, the weight, the weight's a bit concerning, but Hey, maybe put packs on 15, 20 pounds of muscle, but then you say to yourself, is he still going to have that four, three, five, if he puts on 20 pounds of muscle. So I think that's the concern that a lot of people have with Forbes, but he's certainly a guy that could be our pick at 25. He's got talent.
0: Yeah. I mean, now again, if a Joey Porter falls down the board and, and it's within, you know, striking distance, trade up. Get get
1: Get that dude. I mean, my he's, from he is built like the prototypical corner, right? And and the prototypical corner that would fit this defense. So unfortunately, I think he's gonna go more towards like Washington, like middle of the first round. But if he ever got to the New York Giants, oh my goodness, would I be thrilled on draft night?
0: There's gonna be a run on corners. I, I am fairly certain there's gonna be a run on corners. Now the mocks that I've run, the the run starts in the teens. Yeah. So you know, because you See, now, you've been now
1: all... conflicting reports with the receivers. Some mocks have receivers going pretty early. And other mocks, I see like one or two wide receivers going before we pick. So there, that to me is the, is the biggest question going into this draft as well is where are these wide receivers going to go? And do the Giants evaluate these guys as high as some people may think? Because like Quentin Johnston, for example, I don't know how well he fits our offense. As much as I like him as a prospect, I don't know if he's the type of wide receiver that Joe Shane's looking to draft. So it's going to be I really
0: yeah, i think the i think the one receiver that maybe i would take the plunge on if he falls to them and i don't think he will jsn is, uh, jsn
1: yeah yeah i like him
0: i i like him too i think he would probably be the best fit i mean zay flowers okay i i i wouldn't not like that pick but uh, i don't know why,
1: why don't you like the Zay flowers pick i'm curious
0: I, I don't know. I, to me, when I look at the receivers, I, I just think JSN is, is just the best he's, option.
1: He's, he's he's above the rest. Yeah,
0: I, I just think he's the best option. I think at that point now, you know, because when you're at 25, now you got guys who could, you know, the cluster of grades start to bunch up to where you say, okay, could I go in a different direction instead of, you know, going here? It, it depends on how they view it, but, you know, receivers – I I wonder if there's going to be a big run on receivers. I know there's going to be a run on cornerbacks. I mean, every scout that I've talked to says, expect a run on corners. Um, I'm curious to see, uh, you know, you're going to have obviously some of the top defensive, uh, the edge rushers, some of the top tackles, the quarterbacks are obviously going to push guys down. So a good exercise to do, and I might do this actually, is just take like the top guys at their positions who's going to push some of these cornerbacks down you know and just see how it kind of what what the cluster is um and and then from there you can kind of use process of elimination but you know one man's trash is another man's treasure as they say so (laughs) i don't know how joe shane is viewing this but um by the way they're doing it things now his way the scouting so it's a little closer to how he wants things done, you know, last year, they kind of, ha, kind of had to do things on the fly. And, Oh, can we talk about this little underrated, but very important factor? Mm. The coaches have been out at the pro days. They weren't able to do that last year because they were just assemble. So that's going to make this draft class even that much better.
1: Not just and- at the pro days, by the way, from what I've read, they're orchestrating the drills at the pro days. A
2: lot
1: right. of these coaches, Brian yep. Cox, they said was uh, doing it. I think Bobby Johnson was doing yep. it. Um, so they they've had like a really good firsthand look at these prospects. Yep. Yeah.
0: And that's important.
1: Yeah. Because
0: sure. you know, just just the way it's set up, this this is kind of interesting. Sometimes you have, I know in the past you've had situations where okay, they say everybody talks, it's a, it's a it's an open discussion, but at the end of the day. One man makes the decision, the GM. And it's it's still set up that way, as far as I know, but everybody gets to put their two cents in. So, you know, it starts off with, and I'm just going to use this as an example. Okay, Bobby Johnson, offensive line coach. Who do you like at center? Who do you like at guard? What kind of grades do you have on these guys? And then that's, they collaborate with the the, um, scouts. You know, what kind of grades do they have? And then all that's taken into consideration goes on the board. So
1: it, it's, it's just it, it's so hard this year to project <clears throat> what we're gonna do. It's 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 much like um you know you know, like with the McKinney pick, for example, in uh in 2020, nobody thought we were taking McKinney. Like everybody thought McKinney was going first round, and he wasn't even in in my in my brain. Like, is that that's a guy we could take with that second round pick? Because I thought he'd be off the board. And as a fan going into the draft, I didn't really View safety as like a big need. And when you're picking late in the draft, we're kind of in that area where it's like, we're all going into the draft with the mindset wide receiver corner. You don't know who's going to fall. Like there's, there could be a guy that drops that nobody expects that everybody had in the top 10. Cause everybody had McKinney going like 15th in that draft 17th. I think it was to the Cowboys. He dropped to 34 or wh- wherever we were picking. There might be a guy that everybody has pegged to go in the top 10 that for some reason due to, you know, whatever positional need, whatever, slips to us at 25 it's when you're picking this late in the draft it's impossible um you know you could go in with an idea of what we need and what we're looking at but you don't know who's going to be there you don't know who's going to drop there that's what it's kind of fun picking this late now even though i'm not used to it because there's going to be one guy i'm telling you right now there's going to be one guy that we think is going to the top 10 or 12 that drops to us at 25 i'm telling yeah. you it happens
0: it happens it happens every year there's always a a a A surprise moment. But let me ask you this. I call this a a throw the remote moment. A move that, you know, the Giants make that you you say to yourself, what in the heck are they thinking? What would that be for you?
1: B. John Robinson. (laughs) Okay. I don't want him. I don't want him. And he's tremendous. He's tremendous. But I don't want him. Not 25. You yeah, a fifty-seven. Sign me up. But you 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 said it at the top of the, the the stream. Running back is loaded in this class. We have so many needs at more important positions. You could get a really good running back in this draft in the fourth round. Like it's a very rich running back class. It's very deep. I would not be happy if the Giants choose their first round selection on Bijan Robinson. And I know I some Giants actually disagree with that, and they want him. I do not want him.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think they would do that i'd be stunned i don't either
1: but that's i'd be i that's that that to me is the yeah. borderline remote throw moment for me.
0: <laughs> yeah uh y- you know that would be one for me i think the other one that would that i would be borderline throw the remote is drafting a center at 25 i know i know it's a need i get that i just think 25 is a little too rich for a center yeah. You know, if, if Schmitz is the best center in the, in the draft and somebody takes him in the first round, Godspeed. I think I want Tittman because, like I said, Tittman's a little bit more athletic. Yeah. And no, I, don't I get think-
1: it. I get it. I get it from a value standpoint. Um, but, Patty, if you know me, I dream about 300 to 325-pound men, specifically in the month of April every year. And if the Giants <laughs> take a center, if the Giants take John Michael Schmitz, I don't care if he should go, like, 40 <laughs> At the end of the day, if he works out to be a 10-year answer at the center position, he was worth the pick of 25. So it's not going to be something that I'm going to be going bananas about. But if they take a center at 25 in a way, I'll be a little bit relieved. It's not a sexy pick. It's not a Hall of Fame type pick. But it's a pick that we desperately need. And if they identify one of these guys as worthy as a first-round center, I'm going to roll with it. So I would not flip out. But I get it. I definitely get the argument because a lot of people don't think that there's a center worth taking uh, you know, in the first round of this year's
0: draft. All right, did Tippin just get hurt? Somebody just put that in into the into the uh the chat box. Did I miss that?
1: Did he? I missed it. I uh, let me see. Oh Tippin just got hurt. It locked up. Oh yeah, leave the race just said that.
0: Oh, let's see. From injury to complete four. I'm looking here. I don't see. I wonder. I mean, can you give me some more information? Oh, what, what, what did he get? Hit? Let me see if I can find it. Let me see
1: if I, can find
0: it. I, I don't see anything. I'm looking it up on my phone here. Joe Tipman injured. I don't think he got hurt. I know he had an injury. Let's see. Joe Tipman. I know he had an injury, but I don't think he got hurt recently. I don't see anything. Yeah, I don't see anything either. If you've got more information, put it in the ch- Hamstring. Okay, he's saying it was a hamstring injury.
2: Okay. I if,
1: mean, if I'm not saying fine. I just don't see it.
0: Yeah, I mean if, if it's a hamstring injury, remember they don't play football until September. So plenty of time.
2: Yeah.
0: I I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too concerned if that's what it is. So we'll see. Um yeah, that's new to me. Joe Titman hamstring, huh? Might be a minor tweak. So All right, yeah. See. So
1: yeah, so I, I got it here. Uh University. It? Yeah, University of Wisconsin official says every NFL team is scheduled to have a rep year. Tipman was recovering from a hamstring injury uh when Wisconsin held its pro day. So that was like a week ago that came out.
0: Okay, uh, yeah. All right. That that I'm I'm not worried about that. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not worried about that they don't yeah. play until september so that's plenty of time for that that hamstring if if that's still an issue to heal up but thanks for the heads up i mean yeah you know that's that's good to know i i hadn't seen that i i missed that to be honest with you um so anyway keep keeping with uh, Titman here let me just pop this question on here from mcwell do you really want Titman in center when he's better suited for left guard um yeah because at left guard, it's going to be probably a Zudu. If a Zudu is healthy,
1: yeah.
0: I think he's the incumbent there.
1: Yeah, no. If we draft Tippmann, he's playing
0: center, and not for nothing, guys. But even if if they draft a, a young center, whether it be Tippmann or Schmitz or whoever, remember they just signed Hassanauer. They just yeah. signed. They uh, they have Ben Bredesen who can play center, Shane Lemieux can play center. They've got options.
1: And listen, uh, Shane came out and said that he's got faith in these guys. And, you know, we talked about it at the top of the stream, even though I don't have faith in him, I don't want to see Ben Bredesen snapping footballs if I'm being completely honest with you at the start of the year. But as you said at the top of the stream, one thing that I've learned from Joe Shane thus far, he's straightforward. He's honest. He doesn't beat around the bush. When he says something, he means it. He was asked by you guys like two weeks ago. Uh, I don't remember who asked him about it. Um, specifically, but somebody did. And he talked about how they have a ton of confidence uh, in Ben Bredesen, how they have a ton uh-huh. of confidence in, um, I, I forgot who else he said, but uh, some of the guys that potentially could take snaps at the center spot for the Giants. So it made me feel when I heard that, that I do think they'll draft a lineman, but I don't think they're going to prioritize it early in the draft. I, I I could see a center in the third or fourth round. That, you know, that that's the feeling that I got out of it. That was the vibe.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, listen, everybody, I got to take my first commercial break. It should be a short one, so don't go anywhere. We got plenty to talk about. Also, if you have questions, pop them in the chat box. We'll start answering your questions when we come back at break. Hey, Giant fans, if you think you have what it takes to run your own draft, pick your own players, hire your own coaches, and everything in between to build your franchise into a dynasty, then you need to be playing Ultimate Football GM. This game is about as realistic as they come, and it's so much fun. And best of all, you can play it offline and compete with your friends for bragging rights. And oh, did I mention that Ultimate Football GM is completely free to play and that Locked On Giants listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in the game store. So what are you waiting for? Find Ultimate Football GM in the app stores or visit ultimate-gm.com. And don't forget that promo code, which is in all caps, by the way. That's On, all one word, all caps. Use that promo code to get your free boost. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Hey, Giant fans, thanks so much for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen or watch every day. Now make your second listen or watch Locked On NFL Draft. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL Draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. Locked On Giants Live with Trina and Tana. Missing your dog. If you're watching... We miss you. We'll have to do another show maybe after the draft. And speaking of which, some of you asked me um, if we're doing anything special for the draft. I don't know if you're doing anything special, Tana, but from my perspective, folks, I'm going to be on site with the Giants. So I'll be in the press room. Really not set up to do a live stream, unfortunately, because, you know, once a pick is made, we get ushered into the auditorium for pressers then we got conference calls and, for me to, to sit and, and, and talk and, and do a, a live stream, unfortunately, if I had my own little office in there, I could, but it's just yeah. not set up that way. So I probably won't be doing something until after the draft. Maybe we'll do a show, the three of us, uh, after the draft, uh, especially yeah. you know as, as undrafted free agents are signed and everything like that. But we will have coverage over our Giants Country. I think we're going to do a live blog over there. So there will be plenty of stuff. And, of course, I'll have videos and stuff. As I can, as I can get to them. What I'll do is I'll go outside, tape them, and post them for you. So I'll try my best to keep up with everything. One person that I got juggled the podcast and the writing, but I'll I'll get it done for you. But anyway, yeah. all right, um, folks, make sure you if you have questions, pop them in the chat box. We'll we'll start answering them. Um, let's see, JC Silver, let's grab this one here. Do you really think the Giants will draft ten players, or do you see a trade up somewhere? JC, we've been talking about this. Um, I don't think the Giants are going to draft 10. Um, And and again, it's not so much, you know, I I look at the finances. Um, I don't think they need to draft 10. If they do, I won't be upset. But if they can trade up for a cornerback, one of those good cornerbacks that falls to like the teens, I can see them maybe looking to package something. The question is, is do they have the collateral to move up because remember they traded away one of their thirds to get Waller. That would have been great collateral to trade up. So maybe they don't have the firepower to trade up. I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Tina?
1: I don't know. You know, I, I, if you would ask me that question in 2020, I would have said, there's no way we're going to keep all our picks. I think we had like 11 pit. We had a ridiculous amount of picks that year and we did. So you never know. You know, I think the right deal has to present itself. Um, you know, for the New York Giants to want to trade up. So I think it's got to be the right scenario. But I wouldn't be surprised if they just stood where they were and just drafted the 10 players. In an ideal world, maybe I'd like to trade one or two to move up and get a high-end corner or wide receiver. But if they stamp at, they stamp at. We got a lot of holes. We need a lot of depth, you know. We talk about it every year. This team needs to improve their depth. What better way to do that than to keep as many picks as you possibly can? So I won't be upset either way, you know, if they keep the 10, if they trade up. Um, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of, you know, options that chain has going into the draft.
0: When you look at this draft, I mean, is there one particular position where you say to yourself, I won't be too upset if they don't address it?
1: Um, I don't think I'm going to, well, I don't think I'm going to be upset no matter what in terms of if they don't address any type of position because we have holes all over this team. But, um, it, you know, there was, like, one position in this draft where if we didn't make an ad there, I mean, I could I could definitely see us, like, um, ignoring the safety position. Everything that I've read that the, the, the safety position in this year's draft is very thin. Um, you know, even though we don't, you know, we don't really have much talent there outside of, uh, obviously, Xavier McKinney, who's a pending free agent after we lost, uh, obviously, Julian Love. But I would say the safety spot, um, it's it's supposed to be a weaker safety class, so... And to me, it's not one of the more important positions on a defense. So if they come out of this trip without a safety, uh, I'm not going to be too upset.
0: Yeah. And uh, somebody, let's see. um, Speaking of safety, Lead the Race asks about Brian Branch at 25. And, you know, versatile, could replace Darnay Holmes in the slot. I'd like to see them move Aaron Robinson to the slot. I mean, I don't understand why they moved him out of the slot. He played that in college. They put him on the outside. Now, I know he's had injury issues, but... Why did you draft them if if, if, if to play him out of position? I don't understand why teams do that. They draft a the guy that played one position. Now offensive line is one thing, you know, because obviously guys project differently. But when you're talking defense, why would you draft a guy that was that that his film was in the slot and now you're putting him on the outside? I don't get that, you know. And I I, I think we talked about this earlier in the pod how it made more sense to maybe put Aaron Robinson back in the slot because now you got height and he could deal with, you know, some of those bigger guys, those bigger receivers, yeah. tight ends and what have you, and give you a better matchup there.
1: I get scared, you know, when people, and I'm not saying with him specifically, but when I start to hear, you know, specifically on defense when a guy's kind of like a guy that doesn't have a true position, I get scared of that. You know, you think back to Isaiah Simmons a a couple of years ago when everybody's like, oh, he's, you know, he's fast enough to play corner. He's strong enough to play linebacker. Like a lot of times when you hear that about a prospect, um, I'm I'm not the biggest fan. I think I'd rather have a guy that has a defined role. Um, And I'm not saying he branch wouldn't, you know, but I've seen a lot of people say he's better suited in the slot. He's better suited at safety, better suited. He just seems to, I get the vibe with him. He just seems to be one of those prospects that, like, people don't quite know what he's best suited to be in the NFL, and I don't like that. When when I'm talking about a prospect, I I'm not I'm not I wouldn't be up I'm not gonna be screaming if we take the guy, but it, I'm not the biggest fan of taking prospects like that early on in the draft.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I I don't like this jack of all trades stuff. Yeah, it makes yeah. Me a little squeam, especially with a premium pick. So I, I'm I'm definitely with you on that. All right. Jacob Petruzzi asks, does the Saquon situation cause you to take a running back sooner than, rather than later in the draft? No, this is no. a deep class for running backs. Yeah. I am not concerned about that. First of all, Saquon will be on this team, you know, barring something really funky happening, like an injury, a season ending injury. But he will be on this team. Um, so I'm not worried about this year. I would add depth because you know. Th- again, I I look, when I look at the the mock drafts that I do, and the roster building process, you have to have your eye on down the line. You have to look at, okay, what's my situation going to be next year? What's it going to be two years from now? Matt Breed is back on a one year deal. Yeah, Saquon is going to probably play on the franchise tag, as we've been talking about. They do have Deshaun Corbin. Mm-hmm. Okay, how much has he developed? Well, they have, right, they have brightwell. Yeah. So you need depth at that position. No doubt about it.
1: And let's be real. Our second best running back is Daniel Jones.
0: Right. (laughs) Let's be honest. You don't, you you really don't want Daniel Jones to be, you know.
1: No, I don't want him to be, but he is. Right, yeah and I, and I think that's even more of a reason why I do want to draft a running back in this draft. I I want to become less and less. I definitely want Jones to use his legs because I think that needs to be a part of his game because that's a strength of his, but I don't want him to be as reliant on that. Like I want I don't want him to have to feel the need to after to rush for 800 yards next year for us to win football games, right? So, I would definitely like a running back, but I just I don't want to take one early. I I think it's too deep of a class. I think we have needs at more important positions. But if we get a guy in the 4th or 5th Yeah, I'm all about it. I want to take a running back at some point in this draft. Just not early. Just not in the first couple of rounds.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Zach Attack, 58-58. No doubt we need a center. What is the latest round we can get a great center in? Probably third or fourth, I would think. I mean, Scruggs, I think, could probably be in that third-four range. He
1: seems to like Scruggs. He kind of came out of nowhere... And you've you've seen a lot of teams,
0: the boards. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you've seen a lot of teams start to talk him up. And the Giants were, I think, the first team that I heard about being like somewhat interested in him. But I've now I've read like six or seven teams. He was projected to go in like the sixth or seventh round. Now a lot of people haven't go in that four round area. So yeah. we'll be shocked if we take him. Because you know yeah, it, I, I think... as we saw last year, Patty, the Giants don't care. You know, everybody does all the myself included. We all do it but everybody does all of this homework and they look at these, these mock drafts and they say, this is where this guy's supposed to go. This is the giants. Don't care about that. If last year's draft that, you know, shows you that n- nothing will, right? Nobody thought Azuda was going to go where we took him. Nobody thought Wandel that was going to go where we took him. Yeah. They're going to identify guys that they feel fit, what they're looking to do. And they're going to draft them. So if they view him as a guy, that's worth you know, that that could be their starting center as soon as like 2024, they'll throw a third or fourth round pick on the guy. If they feel he fits their offense. So, wouldn't be shocked if we take him, you know, a little bit earlier than some people may think.
0: Yeah. Hey, you know what? I wanted I, I wanted to ask you this because I, I think this is kind of telling. You know, everybody says that the tight end class in this draft class is deep. Yeah. But yet here the Giants are. They go and they acquire Waller, which was a good acquisition. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Um, they brought back Lawrence Cager. They have Dre Miller coming back. Obviously, Daniel Bellinger is coming back. Does that kind of suggest to you that maybe Shane and the Giants don't think this tight end class has what they need? Like, I know everybody wants the next Travis Kelsey in, in, uh-huh. in this draft. Yeah. Does that tell you a little something, do you think, about what the Giants think of this class?
1: No. Per- me personally, no. I don't think that has any uh, bearing because here's what I'm going to say. I. Because, I mean, they've done some homework on some of these guys first off. And there's a lot of good tight ends in this class. I think Kincaid is really good. Um, along with uh, – what's his name? The other guy that they brought in for an interview that um, – why is the name escaping me? He's projected to go in the first round. A lot of people Meyer? like him. I, who is it?
0: Michael Meyer, the Notre Dame team? No, not,
1: not, not the kid out of Notre Dame. He's another one. But we brought in another one for an interview. It's a very strong tight end class. But, no, I don't think it has any – I don't think so. The, I think the 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 Waller thing – has less to do with how they feel about this tight end class, and more to do with that they felt like they they were able to obtain a primary weapon for an affordable price. They liked that they liked the price to be able to get him. They didn't care what position the guy played. They said Darren Waller could be a number one option in the passing game at least this year. We could get him for a very late third round pick. So I don't think that had any personally. I don't think that had anything to do with their evaluation of the tight end position in this year's draft. I no, still. I was,
0: just curious, I was just curious what what you thought of that because
1: Musgrave, by the way, that was it. Musgrave,
0: yeah, Musgrave. Musgrave, okay, that makes yeah. sense. All right, um, Broadspan sacks. What happens if he doesn't sign the tag? Okay, I'm assuming you mean Saquon. Basically, he's a, he's not under contract and he can't play. That's all it means. I mean, unless the Giants um, revoke that tag, or rescind it rather, um, means you know it's sitting there. It's 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 kind of you know. Saquon's not going anywhere as long as that tag is still in place, regardless if he signs it or not. The Giants would have to rescind it, at which point he would become an unrestricted free agent. And uh, that would be kind of a crappy move to do, especially after the draft when everybody's settled. But um, like I said, I think he's going to sign it. The deadline to get a long-term deal done is July 17th. That's when you'll probably see Saquon sign that deal. That, that's yeah, my deal. Yeah,
1: there's really no benefit for him to sign it before then. Because, if right. you, you know, right, if once he signs it, like he doesn't have much leverage now, but once he signs it, he has no leverage. Because at right. the Giants, know no matter what, you're playing on the tag, you have no threat of holding out. So, what is the other than to be a, a, a rah rah guy and the nicest guy in the world? But when you're talking about potentially millions and millions of dollars, he's not going to sign that thing until he absolutely has to. So, right. um, I, I don't expect him to do it before mid July. So, I, I right. don't think it's. Yeah,
0: And by the way, somebody asked if Zeke Elliott signed. Uh, J.C. Silva asked us. I don't think Zeke signed with anybody, right? No. I've, I,
1: I read rumors that the Eagles could be interested in him. I don't know if that will well,
0: happen. Who are the Eagles interested in, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. They think they're getting everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my god. I thought I thought the Jets were somehow linked to Zeke, but maybe it was Zeke wanting the Jets, I don't know. The
1: Jets were linked to OBJ, Aaron Rodgers. The Jets want every they they want all the over the hills stars. That's what they that's what it seems like the Jets are doing. I don't know what they're doing over there.
0: Right. All right, let's see. Gary Gaston asks, "Do, do you think Joe has the, you know what, to sign and trade Barkley? Is that a possibility?" Um, I don't think they're going to. John Marrow likes sparkly. Now, before you say anything, um, it is Joe Shane's call. I think if Joe Shane got a really super offer, like a knock your socks off type of offer, I think he would probably consider it. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to get that kind of offer. Yeah. You know, look, here's the thing. With the franchise tag, that comes with compensation of two first round picks, which obviously the Giants, I think, would take. In a heartbeat, if they got that. Yeah. So, to trade him, unless you're getting a minimum two first-round picks, you're not trading Barkley. So, I I don't think Joe would do it.
1: Yeah, I... I, You
0: don't have the the, the, you-know-what either.
1: I will say, and I don't think they're going to trade him. I don't. I'm not predicting it. I don't expect it. I think it's at least a slight possibility. Like, if they they really, truly get the feeling that Barkley's going to hold out I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him, but I don't expect it. And Mara's comments, I was a little bit surprised by I don't want to say that he I, I thought he would be he would come out a little bit stronger in terms of his thought process of Saquon Barkley when he was asked about him. He kind of said, Listen, the market is what it is. He was mm-hmm. very frank about it and basically said, We're not, and that speaks more to your point, which you know they're probably gonna play him on the tag, they're not gonna give him the contract that he wants. Um, I was a little bit surprised by that, though, because Mara has always been a guy, especially with Barkley and Jones, that has really come out and supported those guys. And when he was asked about, it, he said, "We love Barkley, one of the retired giant, but to put words in his off. mouth a little bit, to paraphrase a bit, we're not going, we're not going above the market to, to keep him That's basically what he said. But,
0: again, they t- they basically told you what their intentions were.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I, I love this about Joe. He yeah. he definitely he tells you just enough to where you can draw the right conclusion, even though you don't have all the details. You know, it's like, okay, we need to add receiver. And you're sitting there saying, okay, well, who are they going to add? But you know that a receiver's coming. So you could kind of narrow down, you know, none of this, oh, uh, best player available. Oh, we're going to do our due diligence and look at every You know, he told us. Yeah. So and the, and the
1: thing I love is just – the. the, the the depth on this team is going to be so much better. You look at all these wide oh, receivers, yeah. they put in for ch- you know, for competition uh, at training camp, whether it be Jamison Crowder, I think we're going to draft at least one, if not two. I'd like them to add a couple of linemen in this year's draft. I think they're going to. So I think the depth this year is, is so much better than it's been in years past. And I think it's only going to get better because I think Shane has shown that, you know, he's able to find value, right? Last year it was yep. Hodgins. Like he's able to find guys that. Um, you know, a lot of teams may not see, you know, value him and he's able to get the most out of them. And I think that's only going to continue uh, while he's the general manager with the New York Giants. So I'm excited. I'm excited how he's going to build up this team.
0: Yep. Absolutely. All right. I want to give a shout out to Ross Vegas, who is checking in from Ireland. Thank you so much, Ross. Glad to have you here on the chat. And again, to all my everydayers, uh, appreciate you. Check in, let me know if you're an everydayer, or somebody who watches uh, locked on Giants every day, or if you check out Tana every time he puts on a, a, a podcast, you know, let us know. We let I might you go know. live tomorrow.
1: I haven't decided yet. I haven't gone live to talk Giants in a while. So come on over to the channel. I'm definitely going live for the Knicks on Saturday. I can't wait for the playoffs.
0: Oh yeah. But, okay.
1: but yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk Giants.
0: Did you see that fact? Um, I think all the hockey teams in the area and all the basketball teams are in the playoffs, right? That's crazy. All the New York teams, right? Am I
1: right?
0: The the Nets in the playoffs, right? I don't follow that.
1: Actually, now that you mention that, the only New York team who did not make the playoffs because the Yankees made it, the Mets made it, the Giants made it, the Nets made it, the Jets. Jets, you gotta catch up, guys. You gotta catch up, guys. (laughs) They're the only team, even Buffalo.
0: I mean, technically, you could also say the Buffalo Sabres got knocked down, too. So, Okay. They're in New York, but i am just—I'm talking cool. about in this area. You got both hockey. No, all three hockey teams—the Islanders, the Rangers, and and the Devils—are all in the playoffs. The yeah. Nets, I think, are in the playoffs, and I believe yeah, the Knicks are in. in the playoffs, right? That's I mean, wild. Again, I don't follow basketball, so I'm assuming. I know the Knicks are in, but I don't know. I think yeah, the Nets are the, Nets are the
1: sixth seed in the East. So yeah, yeah they're.
0: Yeah, isn't they're that wild?
1: Crazy. And think how far New York sports have come. I mean, yeah. Geez. Look like the Knicks obviously have been really low forever. The Giants have been really low for the you know very long time at this point. The Mets before Steve Cohen got in there, now they're starting to turn the corner. So yeah, New York sports and I think the Jets are going to be better this year too. So yep. New York sports is definitely definitely on the come up.
0: Although I I question the the the, the wisdom of bringing in Aaron Rodgers, but you know that's the Jets' problem.
1: Yeah, we'll yeah, Brett we'll part too.
0: Yes, exactly. All right. Kelly Fisher checks in. She's 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 an everydayer. Kelly, thank you so much for checking in. Appreciate you. Let's see. Um, Thanks for
1: popping in, Kelly. Appreciate the support. Yes,
0: yes, absolutely. Uh, let me see. Uh, all right. To my point about, yeah, here it is. First time since 1984 that all the New York teams.
2: That's you know, wild.
0: That is wild. That's, wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah.
2: That's
0: crazy. That is crazy. I mean, it's, it's going to be exciting. And did you see? It, it might be the Devils and Rangers in round one of the of the Stanley Cup. I have I have
1: heard that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that. that'll be a fun series.
0: I'm telling you, my husband and I we're we're going to be at each other's throats. He likes the Devils. <laughs> he likes the Devils. I like the Rangers. I've already told them. I said I said to him, I ain't talking to you that whole week. I said, the devils and rangers play. I said, I'm not talking to the whole week. So he's like, he's like, devils are going to kill the rangers. I'm like, we'll see. We'll see. Devils
1: have been devils have been, play, been playing well lately. Yes, from what they I have. See. Yeah, they've been hot.
0: They have. But uh, yeah, he's, he, we're already uh, bracing for this because, you know, my, my house is going to be split up. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Thank God we have other things in common too. So anyway. All right. Let's see what getting back to. Yeah, it's it is official. It is going to be Rangers versus Devils. Ooh, baby. Wow. All right. Let's get back to um football. All right. If you have questions, please pop them in, in the uh the chat box. All right. Chris, in terms of the Giants roster. Mm-hmm. I think we can both agree getting back Wink and and Kafka, huge. So that said, let's start with the offensive side of the ball. What changes or enhancements do you anticipate seeing from from, uh, Kafka with this offense, given the talent that they brought in, given the expectations for Daniel Jones year two?
1: Oh, I think it's going to be night and day. I think you're going to see a completely different type of offense next year. Um, I'm telling you right now, people are going to call me crazy going into next year. I think Dan Jones is going to have a massive year. I think Dan Jones is going to have a big year. Uh, I'm not saying Pat Mahomes, but I think he's going to have a big year. I think John's going to throw the ball a lot next year. Um, I'm talking over 4,000 yards next year for Daniel Jones. I'm talking 42, 4300 yards through the air. I think we're going to be a different dynamic in terms of an offense next year. Uh, they're going to open up this playbook. I think Waller's going to open up the middle. That's only going to enhance a guy like Darius Slayton on the outside. You get Wandell back in this lineup, all the trickery that you could do with him in terms of pre-snap motion. Paris Campbell with his speed and his uh, his ability to be able to play both on the inside and out. I think we're going to add another weapon in the draft. You think about Bellinger as the tight end, too. You know, all the added attention that Waller is going to have to command from the opposing defense. And I didn't even mention Saquon Barkley coming out of the backfield. Plus, we may add another running back in this year's draft. I think Evan Neal is going to be more mature next year. I think this offense is going to look much better. Last year, the Giants offense took a huge lead. People don't realize that. We went from 32 to league average, 17th in points, 15th in yards. I think we're going to be a top 10 offense next year. I think we might be a top 7 or 8 offense next year. I um, oh I I love our coaching. I really do. And I and I think with the pieces that we've added, um, I think the Giants are going to be a fun team to watch next year. Get your pop. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, everybody just needs to stay healthy. That's my biggest concern. I'll yeah. Be here. All right. What about on the defensive side? Now, I'll, I'll start on this one, actually. Whereas I think there was a little bit more of a uh, dependence on the safeties because the linebackers were so meh, you know, in coverage. I think the linebackers are going to be a little bit more stout in that position. I would expect the run defense is going to be a little bit better. But schematically speaking, we'll probably see, I would think, more man press. I mean, at times last year, I don't think they could because of the injuries and whatnot. What else do you think, you know, we might see?
1: O'Karake is the biggest difference. Yeah. I mean, uh, Bobby O'Karake is the, um, is the massive upgrade for this defense. And I think the overall depth on the defensive line. Because I think Nacho's got kind of an under-the-radar signing that a lot of people aren't thinking about. But I think that's a big move for the Giants. And just the addition of O'Karake, now that's going to help the run defense tremendously, which was the biggest Achilles heel for this team last year. And the other thing that I'm going to tell you, the biggest addition, in my opinion, to this defense outside of O'Karake is Kayvon Thibodeau year two. I, I think Kayvon Thibodeau year two, as good as you looked at year one, He's going to look a lot better year two. And if he becomes suddenly a premier edge rusher in the NFL, which I think he could easily become as soon as next year, that transforms this defense. You know, suddenly you got Dexter Lawrence up the middle. You got Kayvon Thibodeau, a top eight, nine edge rusher in football. Um, and the addition of O'Kara uh, they could do a lot of fun things next year with this defense. They really can, especially if they had a cornerback in the first round. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm not saying we're in a Super Bowl, but, I think the giants are going to be a good team next year. I I, I don't think people are going to look at the giants next year as like a fluky nine win team. Like if they win nine games next year, they're going to be like a legit nine or 10 win team. They're going to be like, this team's on the come up. This team's legit. This team's growing. This team's getting better. So I'm excited on both sides of the ball. I think they've made some, you know, nice additions and you got to figure they're only going to get better in terms of, you know, knowledge of what they're trying to do offensively and defensively, having more familiarity playing under both Kafka and and Wink. So um, I'm really excited. I, I'm so excited for next year.
0: Am I alone in thinking that Edge Rusher is still a sneaky need for this team?
1: I, I, I think it is a need.
0: Yeah. It's I mean, you got you, know, you got you got O'Jallari, assuming assuming they could both stay healthy. They just brought back Hottie Ward. You know, I still don't know what they have with Ellerson Smith because he can't stay on the field. And quite honestly, the last time he put in a full season was before the pandemic. So... Yeah. I would not be shocked if they add another edge rusher, would you?
1: No, not at all. Uh, I think it's a need. I you know, I I there's bigger needs, but it's a need. Um yeah. we don't it's know the Ojalari. Jalari couldn't stay in the field last year, Zoe Ojalari And um, you know, as uh, Jerry Reese used to always say and of uh, course he used to always say, you can never have enough edge rushers. So
0: yeah.
1: um if you if you really like an edge in the first round, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Giants take one.
0: I wouldn't. Yeah. By the way, I hope Ogilary comes in having lost some of that bulk he put on. I think he will because, yep. you know, a lot of people talk about that. And I think what happened with Ogilary is, remember, they were tr- in the process of transitioning coaching staffs. So they really didn't have a strength and conditioning coach in place when a lot of these guys started to train. So I think yep. now that they have that in place, maybe we see, you know, a change, if you will, in, in how some of these guys look. I would hope at any rate. Also, I would hope with the strength and conditioning coach now in place, some of these soft tissue injuries that they had start to go down. And that's a question I also want to, you know, ask. Um, talked
1: I, about I mean, that.
0: Yeah. I, Jay, I, I, talked I mean,
1: about that In the uh, the press conference and I'm no mathematician. Okay. I, 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 but Joe Shane said that soft tissue injuries were down by 200%. And when he said that, i how how are they down by two hundred percent? Like how how does I I don't know how the math works, <laughs> but he said that soft tissue injuries were down by two hundred percent last year. I'm,
0: we have got Brian Dable on Monday. Spoiler yeah. alert: Monday we're doing we're doing video calls with Dable and the players. I don't know if this is a Shane question or a Dable question, but that's a question I'm going to bring up. Spoiler yeah. alert: I'm, I'm going to try to it, and it's assuming I get called on to ask a question. So. Because I'm curious to know what they're changing up. And and I'm also curious to know, you know, yeah, there were some soft tissue injuries. You know, calves were a big problem last year. You know, ACLs, they happen. You know, you can blame the turf if you want. You can blame whatever. But the calf just seemed to be the injury of the year, if you will. You know, it just seemed like every time you turn around, somebody had an injury. So that's soft tissue. And I just want to know what... They discovered because I know they looked into it. Yeah, and um, I don't know what Dable's going to reveal, but it's a question that I do intend to ask. Assuming now that you know, now that I put it out there, not that anybody—I I don't think any of my colleagues are watching—but watch somebody steal the question from me. So <laughs> but you guys heard it here first. It was my idea. So
1: they watch you. I guarantee they watch you.
0: Nah, I, I doubt it.
1: Hi, 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 Jordan. Hi, hi, Art.
0: Hi, uh. I hi,
1: it. Pat Leonard. I don't like you, Pat. I don't like you, Pat Leonard. Sorry.
0: You like the right Pat, right?
1: He, I like you, yeah. But he's got he, he's got his own YouTube channel too. I saw.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he does. I think he's working for the Bleed Network, if I'm not mistaken. But uh. oh, okay, is he? Yeah. I mean, everybody's doing a podcast. It's, it's, it, that, that's, that's, that's the way it goes. So yeah. I just worry about my podcast and giving you guys, you know, a nice mix of guests, opinions, live streams, which you all seem to love. So I just try and bring you all the best that I can. But all right, let's get to some of these questions. Jonathan Peck, what's the word on Sean Robinson and Dion Jones? Jonathan, they don't have money to sign these guys right now. So these guys, um, Ashawn Robinson and Deion Jones, they came in for visits. They got the preliminary stuff out of the way. But I think you're going to see, you know, especially after the draft, you might see some guys get cut. You might see some movement with some of the, the, the salary cap issues. Right now, they don't have money to sign these guys. So that's basically where things are at. But, you know, keep in mind that with these free agent visits, they can come in and they can have a conversation. They can go, you know, put the guys through physicals and all the stuff and say, look, we don't have the money right now, but we anticipate we're going to have the money coming up. So, for example, I know they're working feverishly to get Dexter extended. Once they do that, they're going to open up a whole swath of money. So maybe that's when you start to see I think that's
1: essentially of- what's going to pay for the draft. I think it's going to be well, Dexter's extension.
0: Well, part of be- it's going to pay for the draft. Yeah, they're going yeah. to open up a lot of money once they get Dexter under contract yeah, for, for a long time.
1: Right knock that down to like five or six. Right. You know, they extend right. them. So,
0: so that's, that's going to take care of itself. And then, you know, also you're going to see guys that are that get cut. You're going to see, you know, different stuff. Um, you know, like I said, I think they're going to try to get Leonard down, but I, I get the impression that if they don't, they'll, they'll just roll with it. They're going to have to make some moves. Obviously. Yeah, I, I've, seen, I I've seen
1: people talk about that they may trade Leonard. I don't see that. I I, I, he, I here's, the here's the thing. What are you going to get for him? I mean, not, and I, I think Leo's a really good player, but look at his salary. Look at his age. He's, he was dinged up last year. You Have you seen the defensive tackle market this past year? Did you see what Dalvin Tomlinson yeah. got? So if you're the Giants, why not just let him play out the year and let him yeah. sign next year for $20 million, because somebody's going to give it to him with what these DTs de- de- are getting. Uh, I mean, my God, well, you know, some of the the, the the contracts these guys have gotten, let him get 18 to $20 million next year. Collect your third-round comp pick rather than trade him for a fifth or sixth-round pick. I don't see it. Exactly. I think I think Leo plays out the year with the Giants this year.
0: I agree. And that's a good point. You know, everybody who's saying, oh, trade Saquon, trade this guy, you get the comp pick.
1: Yeah, get your comp pick. higher than
0: what we get in the trade.
1: Yeah, we're not going to
0: spend crazy absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. All right, Bill Maxfield asked if we talked about the new turf. We actually did at the start of the show. We, we, we said a prayer and a rest in peace to the old turf. But, yes, the new turf was installed. Looks beautiful, by the way. So we'll see uh, if it makes a difference. Now, for those of you who don't know the difference between the old turf that they had and the new turf, just real quick, the old turf was um, – what's the word, it, 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 it was like a net. So the blades of grass were like nets and they were designed to rip apart. And yeah. sometimes what would happen is cleats would get stuck in, in that. Whereas the new turf is monofilament. So, you know, it, 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 it's more closely resembles real grass. You're not gonna get your cleats stuck in, in like a net. So think of like, you know, the old turf was like a bunch of little nets because the, the idea was as the grass expanded, or broke apart, it expanded and became thicker. Yeah, also, actually, I um, of painting too. I, I, I think read. I still
1: have the picture, maybe. I had a yeah. picture, and Met, and
0: uh, like put, put a picture up too.
1: Yeah, it's 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 significantly different. You, you could see, you could well, be it's like,
0: also, it's also bright. Well, it's brand new, so it's, it hasn't been worn out from the sun or anything like that. Yeah, so. But yeah, MetLife uh, put out a picture, and I, I also saw it with uh, some other people put it out. But but yeah, the new turf um, is supposed to be better. And I had read, you know, there, there's a site, and I know I linked to it on Giants Country because I did an article on it. But there's a a link if you want to see that explains the difference between the different types of turf and the advantages of monofilament versus you know what they were using before. I can't remember what the term was, but. Uh, yeah, that that
1: was. Uh... Yeah, I actually did a video on that. And I, I I did a I did a little bit of research, and so basically the reason why they had the previous turf was because it was more durable. It it lasted right. longer, and that's right. why like a
2: that, the blades type. were split.
1: Yeah, the blades were split, so this costs more because you have to. I guess you have to repair it more often. Yeah, but in terms of preventing injuries, this has proven to be. I think it was, if I remember correctly, I think it was like. I think the article said two to three less injuries, uh, lower body injuries right. happen on average per stadium that has our turf compared to the previous type of turf that we had.
0: Right, right. Which
1: is huge. That's a lot. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if the turf, you know, makes a difference. Um, you know, I know the Giants, I want to say, led the league in ACL injuries last year. They do so- every year. Yeah, it's so uh, we'll we'll see if, if it makes a difference. But some of them were also, you know, happen on the grass too.
1: No, they do. So, I mean Barclays happened in Chicago. It didn't happen. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, and you know, we talk about neck injuries. I see Kelly Fisher mentioned uh, neck injuries. They've got the new helmets now. They're gonna have to wear the, you know, certain position groups are gonna have to wear those guardian helmets that are designed to help with concussions and neck issues. So that's gonna be year round. That they'll have to wear them in, in practice and training camp and stuff like that. So oh, but
1: not in games, though.
0: I don't think in games. No, because those guardian helmets have the the padding. They're huge, yeah,
1: they're, they're huge.
0: huge. So I don't I don't think they're going to be worn in games. Yeah. So, and also there was a new there was a new helmet actually. I just saw the press release. I didn't get a chance to read it, but they they have a new uh, helmet for quarterbacks too to reduce concussions from being sacked and having their head slammed on the ground. So. I, I see,
1: uh, and Max, man, uh, I just want to respond. He says, Tane, are we getting any more draft content before the draft? Miss you, man, hope all but is... Yeah, I just, um, th- yes. I-, I would say probably as soon as Sunday, because I'm going to go live Saturday for the Knicks, I'm going live like every day leading up into the draft, probably for about mm-hmm. that that week. You know, for like seven, eight days in a row, we're going live. We're talking. Wow. going to another, we're have different guests on. So I'm kind of saving it until like the week of. But probably like seven eight days leading up into the draft, you're gonna get. We're going live a lot. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna talk draft. Get some content creators on. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I just I don't want it to get too redundant because to me it gets stale. It gets boring. Like you just keep talking about the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And it's like, what are we doing here? Let's get let's get to the draft. I'll but pass, I think that, yeah, you will start to because
0: stuff will start to clear up as well. So yeah, all right, Papa Guzzo. Wants to know any update on injuries for Beavers, Robinson, and McKinney. Um, We should have updates Monday. Brian Dable is going to speak to the media via video call Monday. Um, I don't have anything that I can give you right now because I don't know. But I'm sure that topic will come up. So tune in Monday. I think Dable is talking. Is he talking at 12 or 1230? Let me look. I'll tell you exactly what time he's talking. Is, he it,
1: is, to, it, is it Dable and Shane or is it just Dable? It's
0: Dable for this one. Shane's going to talk on the 20th.
1: Oh, oh so Dable's done. got his own press conference.
0: Right. All right. So um, Dable's talking approximately 12 noon on Monday and then the okay. players twelve start at 1220. I okay. don't know which players they're going to be. D- um, Shane is talking April 20th. So okay. like I said, I got to work on my birthday, but I'll my, celebrate my birthday the weekend of. So anyway, so <laughs> anyhow, see what I do for this job. I, I And I tell young writers all the time when they, they say, oh, I can't work on Christmas or I can't work on Thanksgiving or I can't work because it's my birthday. You don't have holidays when you do this job. This,
1: year was, this year was tough for you guys because the tell Giants played on Thanksgiving. They played on I Christmas know. Eve. All right. It was a a tough year in terms of the holidays for uh, beat writers.
0: Yep. Yep, exactly. So. uh, All right. Wolf say asked about any draft prospects brought in. Yeah. Wolf, there's a I don't have the list in front of me, but Walter football does a good job of keeping all track of all that. The prospects. There's been a bunch of guys that have been. I'll
1: pull pull it up real quick. I can read it. Yeah. I
0: mean, I know there's been receivers. Let me see if I can find it.
1: Pro Football is where I look too. Um, yeah, in terms of visits, I'm gonna see if
0: I can find it here. Got it. Um, you got
1: yeah, it? I, yeah, I'll share it with you. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll just, let me just scroll down to the Giants and then I'll share it with you.
0: Okay, and then we'll just put it up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of guys that have, that have come in for visits, and not just that, but they also track you know where the where they met them. You know, did they go to their workouts? The
2: specific
1: types the of combine? Meeting.
0: You know, the All Star games. You know, where where did the meeting take place?
1: I got you right here. Um, share screen. There we go.
0: Okay, let's add that to the stream. And
1: where? Did, oh, an ad just popped up. Hold on one second. Let me get rid of the ad. Oh, all these ads! You see, Patty? They're like they got ads all over the place. I'm messing with you.
0: That's how they pay for the content, folks. Believe it or not.
1: I'm just kidding with you because <laughs> we were we were talking before. Um, the the Giants. We've got. Here's the prospects they've met. That, Addison has the. I think this means it was. Let me let me see what that, that means. That was a
0: private though. workout, or, or private they brought workout. him in.
1: So Addison Benton, who's an interesting prospect. He's an interior defensive lineman out of Wisconsin. Many think he could go in. The, a
0: lot of receivers.
1: Yeah, a lot. A Bigsby running back. Brents, I like too. He's six foot four. He's another cornerback that I could see as potentially being interested. In. Browns a safety. He's more in that three to four round area. Buchanan out of Delaware, Clifford. So, see, like, they're all over the map. Like, there's, like, some fifth-round guys, sixth-round guys, third-round guys. So, they're all over the map. DeVito, Dexter, Payne Durham, the tight ends, A. Flowers. There's another big uh, wide receiver, Derek Hall, Hendon Hooker, uh, Hyatt. There's another guy that could potentially be a target in the first round, if not the second. Um, I can't pronounce this guy's name, but he's out of Princeton. Um, Yeah rakeem Jarrett later Josh, but local pro there.
0: guys oh you yeah the yeah. cool? Rutgers have their local pro day i think they did they like did, they did. I think I yeah i missed it darn it and i wanted to go too
1: but yeah look at all these guys i mean they met a ton of guys I yeah mean, so they, to-
0: there's, there's been a lot so there you yeah. go Wolf.
1: john michael schmitz they met i didn't see yep. him early actually so that's that's a newer one i remember looking at this a couple weeks ago he wasn't on there so they met him yep. um Sanders, good fit so they've They've met a lot of guys. And, and last yes, year, they, they drafted a lot of the guys that they and, met. And,
0: but here's the thing, guys. Just because they're meeting with somebody, sometimes these meetings could be used to rule a guy out. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to rise on the draft board or something like that. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, These yeah. meetings serve as as, as, as you know, dual purposes. So, all right. So we We got that. All right. So that's that's your list if you want to look. That's at WalterFootball.com. So thanks for putting that up. All right. Um, Let me see. Who else? I just saw something. Somebody asked about, okay, J.C. Silver, who might start at middle linebacker next to O'Kara I I don't think the Giants are going to be in their base defense a whole lot, but if I had to take a guess as to who his partner in crime is going to be, I think they would like Beavers, who's more of a thumper, to be that guy.
1: And they also added the dude from uh, the Lions last late last year. Jared they- Davis,
0: yep, exactly. Yeah, so, so I, I know a lot of people were down on Jared Davis, but remember, they brought him in and basically threw him into the deep end of the pool without him really knowing the playbook as well as he could have because they were so desperate. You know the, the play. I've never seen a situation at, at, at any position on this team where they went through so many guys, and it wasn't because of injury. It was more because of performance. Yeah, you think about it. Think about it. I mean, they kept replacing guys in middle linebacker, and it wasn't because of injury.
1: And so, we got McFadden too, by the way. I'm thinking about yeah,
0: McFadden's. Well, I think one of McFadden, uh, Carter, Coughlin. I think one of those two makes the roster. I don't. Yeah, I don't think both are
1: gonna. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, done.
0: I think Cam Brown will make the roster for special teams, but I don't think the, the McFadden and Coughlin will make the roster. Just I'm actually,
1: just, I'm actually excited about our special teams next year. I think it's going to be a lot better. I hope because, so. Because we're deeper this year. You got to figure that's going to help the special teams. We added Jeff Smith, who everybody says is a really good special teamer. And I think we have another year to draft to build up more depth on this team this year. So that's one area of this team that I think a lot of people aren't focusing on. Nobody does. I don't, to be honest with you, but I think that's an area that could be a lot better this year, which is important. Um, I think our special teams are going to be much better this year. I really do. We were bad last year in special teams.
0: Well, part of the re- th- th- there was two reasons for that. I think because I think the guys that McGahee thought he was going to have, they got pulled up. You know, like yeah. he lost Julian really Love, he lost a bunch of guys, and now all of a sudden you're asking guys who basically didn't play special teams in college or a- or at any point in their career to step in, and it was just you know it was only so much you could do. So I mean, look, McGahee will, T Mac will take take the blame as he always does because he's a stand up guy, but. That was a big issue. And, you know, you look at the, you know, a lot of people said, oh, why did they sign Jeff Smith? Because he's a gunner, people.
1: Yeah. We need a he's, good gunner. He's going to be what well, Cody Core was a couple of years ago. He yes. Was
0: because, runner. you know, look, yes, the punter this past year, Jamie Gilliam, was inconsistent. But how many times did he put, you know, place a ball and, and you said to yourself, gosh, if only they had a faster gunner to down it, that yeah. would have been a really good kick. Yeah. There were a yeah. few. So that's yeah. big. That is huge. Okay. Um, Davey anonymous asks who's returning punts. That's to be determined. Don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you guys on the roster now, but I'm sure you're going to get somebody from the draft class. Who's going to, you know, compete for that.
1: It won't be Richie James.
0: No, it won't. We
1: don't got to worry about him fumbling two punts in the same game, but yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good question. I, I, it may not like you said, good chance he's not on the roster yet. Yeah.
0: Could
1: be in the draft.
0: Yeah, I I usually that's how they work it. You know, with these young kids coming up, you know, they want an opportunity to prove themselves. So I'm I'm sure they'll figure something out with that. Uh I, I'm not worried about that. I mean, kickoff returner, they're also gonna have to replace as well because they cannot have Gary Brightwell do it. I'm sorry. I like Gary Brightwell, but not as a kickoff returner.
1: No, no, no. want an explosive yeah. guy back there.
0: No, the and, and his vision was just ugh, yeah not good at all. So all right, folks, gotta take one last commercial break and then we will continue with your questions the rest of the way. Do not go anywhere, we'll be right back. Hey Giant fans, thanks for making the Lock on Giants podcast your first listener watch every day. Now make your second listen or watch the Lock on NFL Scouting Podcast with the draft dudes. From free agency to the draft to salary cap management and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise. Follow their show every Monday through Friday. Find Lock On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lock On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Giant fans, thanks so much. To those of you who are everydayers, people who are tuning into the Lunch Giants podcast every day. And in case you didn't know, follow me on social media, on Instagram, at Patty Trina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A, especially with spring football coming up. We're going to have video clips, interviews, and all kinds of cool things on my social media accounts. Make sure you're following me. Again, that account is at Patty Trina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked On Giants Live. You got Trina and Tana tonight. Next time, hopefully, we'll have dog. Miss you, dog. I don't know if he's too in or
1: not. He's, not. he's on the rise in Disney World.
0: Oh, uh, lucky, lucky dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you, I'm I miss him. Everybody's like, what? You're not having dog on what the heck? And I I'm like, I think he's on vacation. So
1: yeah. he's he's off. He's off this week.
0: Good for him. I'm, yeah. And I'm sure he's planning to, to do some stuff with, with, you know, the playoffs and and uh, he'll probably be going live. I mean, you know. Oh, the so, Lakers
1: game, I'm sure, yeah.
0: Yeah, so there, there's a lot definitely going on. But anyway, we'll have Dog on again. You haven't seen the last of him on this channel, assuming, of course, that he wants to come on, which I'm sure I think, he will.
1: Yeah, I think I want to come on.
0: Yeah. I mean, the three of us, when we hang out, we always have, have a bunch of laughs and stuff. And besides, you notice we haven't gone off topic. Usually we talk about food or something in the go. Yeah, we haven't we
1: haven't we haven't, we go haven't into, done that yet. We haven't opened any food tonight.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because in the chat room got people were talking about food. I think Papa Guzzo actually started the conversation. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we should have. Now you got me hungry now. I already had dinner tonight. Now, now all, right, to-
0: so, all right. So while while we're talking football, I've got a challenge for you guys. Since my birthday's coming up and I get to pick what kind of restaurant, and what kind of meal I get. Give uh-huh. me some ideas, and I also want wine recommendations. So any of you wine drinkers out there, give me some suggestions. Oh, I, I, I can tell you, you
1: my favorite wine. What? Are you white or white or red?
0: Depends on what I'm eating, but usually I try to go with white.
1: Okay, I'm the, I see I'm, I'm a red guy, so I'm going to give you red. But when I go with red, I go with Merlot. I like Merlot. Okay. That's what I go to with, with, with wine. I like Merlot. And okay. I like sangria. Sangria is great, great summer drink. Oh,
0: I love sangria.
1: Can't go wrong. Love
0: it. Yep.
1: I'm. I'm okay. gonna tell you. I, 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 what's the other drink that I always love? Um. uh God, why does it escape me right now? That with the with the mint in it. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a summer drink. Oh, the it.
0: mojito. Mojito. Love
1: it. Love them. Love them. Yep. That's love Yep.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Somebody just said to me. Yeah. Uh, Pasta with regatta. I can make pasta with regatta at home, guys. I want something good. So put it in the chat box and let me know what you think. So because uh, seriously, I get to pick the place and I don't have to worry about my husband who's fussy saying, ah, I don't want to eat there. I don't I can't find anything to eat. He's the fussy one. I'm not. So. so all right. So what's
1: your, what's your preference? Everybody likes Italian. So that's like a gimme. You, you and I did
0: them. find a really good Italian place in, in, in Hillsborough. That was okay. fantastic.
1: Okay. Cafe
0: Piazza. Love okay. it. Love it. Love it. Um, but that it was a BYOB place, but it was really good. Um,
1: a BYOB place. Interesting.
0: Yeah. But it was good. Holy, holy moly. Um, but yeah, I like steak. I I, I eat just about any cuisine. I like Mexican, what's the weirdest, Japanese, what's Chinese. The,
1: what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten?
0: The weirdest thing? Yeah. Oh gosh, squid probably, and I didn't like it. Or octopus. I've had
1: squid. I've had, squid. I've had octopus.
0: I didn't like it.
1: I I think I venture a little bit further than you. Have you had rabbit? No. I have. Have you had alligator? No. I have. <laughs> and I've been uh,
0: down
1: Yeah, let's see what let's see what else I've I've had that maybe I'm trying to think. Uh Indian food. I, I don't know if that's considered. I'm not a big
0: food. fan of Indian food. That's the you one. Don't <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Indian food, and I'm not a super huge fan of Jamaican food, which is weird because I like spicy stuff. So go figure.
1: I like Jamaican food. I've had Jamaican food a few times. I like Jamaican food. Yeah. I, I like anything. I like anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like seafood, Italian, Japanese, Chinese, Thai. Uh, steakhouse is fine. Um, what else do I like? What other cuisines are out there? I'm trying to think. Um, Irish, you know, English, Irish, Irish
1: food, Irish food is so underrated. It, it really is. You give me the shepherd's pie. You give, yep. you give me the corned beef and cabbage, the barbecue. soda bread. I love Irish food. It's great. German food's great too.
0: Yep. Yep. Barbecue. Uh, you know, there's a good barbecue place by us, but, but yeah, Spanish food. Somebody said recommended Spanish food. So, so yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, drop, drop your recommendations. Name of restaurants, wines, specific wines. There's a great wine that I want to try, but I can't get it shipped out here to New Jersey. They don't ship out to Jersey. It's from the Oregon region. I'm so, like, upset because I wanted to try it. But anyway, um, okay, getting back to football, because I know there's people who are saying, let's not talk about food. Let's talk about football here. <laughs> I want
1: to talk about food, but so let's get back to football.
0: You want did did you even get her?
1: One day what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a two-hour podcast where we just sit and we sample foods together and we talk about it. Oh, well.
0: that would be so cool. <laughs> I don't know how many people would show up. We get a couple of
1: people, people like watching other people talk about food.
0: Yes, miguel, Ger- German food is fire. I do like I do like German food.
1: German food's uh, great. <laughs>
0: that's so funny. All right, um, getting back to the giants. So what's Okay, quarterback. Let's talk quarterback. Quarterback. I believe Giants will draft a developmental quarterback. Who do you like for that role?
1: Well, they brought in uh, what's his name. Uh, why is the name escaping me? Let me. Matt Duggan. I like no, him. Penny Hooker. Nope, not him. I didn't know they brought in Duggan though. Um, they brought in what's his name. Um. Hmm. Hold on, and I'm gonna cheat I'm gonna it, cheat. It, it,
0: check. Check Walter football. I know who you're talking about in the names. I've season. seen a lot of
1: people link him to the Giants too. Um, I'm gonna find it right now. Hold on.
0: Let me get back there. I I should go find my list here. Mock draft, NFL draft.
1: They brought no, not Devito, who actually I think played for yeah. um, Syracuse a couple of years ago, but now he, he's out with Illinois. Yeah, not him. That's not him. Thing. Uh, not Hooker. Uh, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Um, not Richardson, obviously.
0: Where's the visits? Clayton Kuhn.
1: That's the name. Uh,
0: yes. yes.
1: That's the name yeah. I've heard by a lot of people as a guy that potentially could be a good fit as like a backup quarterback uh, for the type mm-hmm. of offense that we want to run. Mm-hmm. And they did bring him in for a visit. So yes, if he, that, I wouldn't be surprised if we go with him and say like the fifth or sixth round is is is, is a late round quarterback. Yeah. 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 I don't know where he's projected to go, but I've heard him a lot. Um, and, and we brought him in for a visit.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see um, who they pick. I, because I know a, a, a quarterback is coming. I don't know what round.
1: You know that.
0: I'm pretty sure. Let, let's put it to you this way. I'm 90% sure there's going to be a quarterback in this this group.
1: And and I'm 90% sure by the first incompletion that Daniel Jones throws in the first preseason game, <laughs> be 90% of the family is going for that guy to start. <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> oh, Goodness. Where do you think they'll probably. take
1: a quarterback? Though day three, right?
0: Oh, definitely. Like I could see in the seventh round if they keep all three of their seventh round. Sixth team,
1: round, teams, seventh round. I don't yeah.
0: think six. I think seventh.
1: You think that late? Yeah.
0: I I could see that late. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and and if they don't, they they're, they're going to sign one. I mean, because you got to replace Davis Webb, and I think you're going to put one on the practice squad. So.
1: Makes sense. I mean, obviously, you're not cutting Tyrod. You don't save any money no. by doing. No,
0: but see, so, you, yeah. you know, we talk about money, and I and of course, I just closed over the cap. But let me pull this back up. We talk about money, and where are they going to get money? So let me just see something with Tyrod here, because I was talking with somebody, and I and and we were trying to figure out where the Giants could get some more money if they don't reach a new deal with um, Leonard and with uh, uh, Dexter, Tyrod has a $6.9 million cap hit. Yeah. If they cut him, let's see, what do they got? So nothing. if you like, he first not. cut, they only save 1.375 with a 5.5 dead money. But if they make him a post-June, they save 2.7 with a 4.125 million dead money. I don't know. That's not enough to you move the needle for me. Money. Because somebody yeah, suggested I mean, to me, somebody suggested to me that maybe they they cut Tyrod Taylor and replace him with a with a draft pick. I don't think they do. They go that direction. No,
1: I, 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 to me, me Taylor is valuable. I mean, yeah. Jones, not that he's going to save your season, but if Jones goes down for two or three weeks, like we've been used to, and not so much last year, he's a guy that could at least keep you afloat and maybe steal a game. You right. know, you get rid of him and you bring in some seventh round rookie. You're looking at a. Potential Jake Fromm situation again, so um, no. I, I want to. If you're only going to save peanuts, you might as well keep him. He's a good backup,
0: right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to save money, let me see. Uh, somebody said extend Adoree Jackson. I'd be shocked if they extended Adoree. I really would be, because I mean, all right. I'm looking at where they could potentially get money. Maybe they can look to lower Glowinski's money. I don't know. Maybe he gets lowered. He's he's got an 8.35 million cap hit with a base salary of 4.65, so maybe you look to get money there. Let me see where else Tyrod Taylor, like I said, 6.9 million, uh, but he's got guaranteed money in there, so maybe you extend Tyrod and you lower his 5.45 million base salary. I wouldn't um, be opposed
1: to that. I wouldn't be opposed to that. So if Lewinsky
0: and Tyrod Taylor would be two spots. Maybe you look to get money. Let's see what Gano has. He's got a 3.75 base. Uh, You could probably do something with Gano if you wanted to. I mean, not a whole lot, but if you really needed somebody. Um, They've already done Waller. Now, somebody asked about Darnay Holmes. If they cut Darnay Holmes, this is interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: They'll save 2.743.
1: I could
0: see it. And, and and only get hit with $197,000 uh, dead money if he's a pre-June. If he's a post-June, what do they save here? <clears throat> with Darnay Holmes, they would save two. Yeah. All right, it would be the same amount. Yeah. Because Darnay Holmes, I think, is entering the last year of his contract. Yeah. so it's I, the think same Darnay Darnay,
1: I don't know if he's going to get cut before training camp, but I, I think he has to have yeah. a really good camp to make this team.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's a slam dunk. So that, that's a possibility to get money. Because, you know, I'm, I'm just looking, where can the Giants get money? They've got to yeah. get money, All right. Could they get money from Matt Paird if he doesn't make the roster, I suppose, but it's not going to move the needle? Um, I'm just looking here. Shane Lemieux, they could probably get some money if he doesn't make the roster. Just not a whole lot. I think, no. like I said, I, I think I think you got to look at um, – uh, Glewinski, and and who did I say Glewinski, and who was the other one Taylor you
1: could Taylor. probably
0: look to lower those base salaries
1: and Dex i think the extension Dex, well, you
0: know it's right yeah. but i think i think what you want to do though if you're going to prioritize do Dex first cuz that'll open up all kinds of money yeah. and then if you need additional money then you 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 do Glewinski, you do you know um who was the other one i said i said Glowinski and Taylor you could do those yeah. two. Yeah, Taylor. And maybe, I think you would have to extend. You would have to extend Taylor, but Lewinsky. I think you don't have to extend him. Let me just double check here. I think he's under contract, or does he have avoidable? Yeah, Lewinsky would be the guy to do it.
1: Barkley Definitely. too. Maybe if they could work at an extension with him, even though I think he's playing on the tag. But that's another guy where you could free up money if you could work at an extension. There's there's opportunities to free up some money.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. so um, but, yeah, here, here's something interesting. I don't know if a lot of people know, but when it comes to restructuring contracts, a lot of times teams could just do it. As long as the player is getting the same amount of money that they would do that year. So, like, for example, let's say a player had a $2 million base salary and he gets restructured and $1 million of his base is converted to a signing bonus. As long as he gets that money up front and it equates to what he was due or what he was promised, the team can just go ahead and do it. Where it gets Mm. sticky is when, when you have to um, extend, you know, like a guy that has a voidable year, for example, that's where it could get a little sticky. Mm. So amazing guy says hell no to extending Glowinski, but you know, again, I wouldn't do that as my number one option, but it's something they could stick in the back pocket. I personally think, Taylor's going to be the one because you got to look at guys that have big...
1: I didn't think about that, but that makes sense.
0: You you got to look at guys that have big base salaries. Those are the ones that are likely going to get... Because I'm looking at the base salaries here. All right? A lot of them are, are, you know, Paris Campbell, 1.4, Ocaricay, 1.9, Waller, 1.1, Slayton, 1.4. So look at the guys, you know, Taylor, 5.4. That's a candidate. Lewinsky, 4.6. You know? um Dexter 12 million, 12.4 you I suppose you could do a Dory Jackson, but I have a feeling they won't touch him. Daniel they're not going to touch since they just gave him a new deal. Leonard would be an option. so I mean they, they can get money. It's just Taylor, Taylor makes sense. In?
1: Tell him I could see Taylor that makes sense. Uh, the, the, you know he, at this stage fun. in his career at this stage in his career he's not really a backup that is looking for a starter's job. You know, next year, he's a guy that knows he's a backup. So he'd probably be willing to take an extension to assure that he had a job next year. Um, I can see that making sense. If it could save you 3 or $4 million in this year's cap, that could make sense.
0: Yeah. I didn't
1: I mean, think about it's, that. It's, that makes it's, sense.
0: It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight yeah. again, but not as bad as it was last year.
1: Last oh year, God.
0: I don't know how the heck Shane got through the year without touching the holidays contract. Yeah. That, that was impressive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That no, they, last year was a disaster. We're fine. We're fine right now. I'm not worried. About oh yeah. Right
0: oh yeah. yeah and, and you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, we're going to be fine for 2025 or 2024 rather." Guys, don't get too excited about the cap space in 20. Well, it's going to Dex.
1: It's going to Thomas. It's going to you know. Uh-huh. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's going to be to keep that our guys.
0: going to go down.
1: It's going to be to go. It's mm-hmm. going to be to keep our guys.
0: Don't get too excited because I, I see that. I see people. Say, oh, my God, the Giants are going to have over 100, $115 million in cap space. Uh, no, they're not. No, they are right. not. I
1: look at it right now. Even right now, after the Jones contract, right now we have projected – we still have projected $136 million in space. But like you're saying, like that's before any of the draft picks get signed over the next two years. Um, that's without the Andrew Thomas extension. That's without the Dexter Lawrence even being on the books because he's not on the books for next year right now. Um, so, and you know, so yeah, that money's going to go fast. Um, I do think one thing I think the Giants are going to do next year. If the Giants play well this year, if they win 11, 10, 11 games, they make the playoffs, they show progress. I think they're going to spread Jones's money out more. I think they're going to yeah. take that five and they're going to say, all right, let's back another 15 uh, up into the future because we know we want Jones to be here over the next couple of years anyway, and free up another fifteen or million dollars or so next year, and really have a go at it in twenty twenty four and really swing for the fences. Like if they have a, an improvement off last year, I think they're going to be more aggressive going into twenty
0: twenty four. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I mean, so overall, I mean, the cap, you know. Also, look at the dead money. I mean, because that's that's another thing that I I, I look at and. The Giants with dead money. Let me see. What do they have? I, I know it's a lot, but is it the most? They have twenty-two point seven million in dead money. By far, not the the most. Uh, the Bucks look like they lead with seventy-five point three. I think they're the. Are these year. that
1: for this year or next year?
0: Th- that's that's for this year. Oh, dead God. cap space this year. Now next year, no, I don't think the Giants have any dead money on the books they yet. Don't. No, they don't. But they will. Because as yeah, they, they put guys in training camp, they'll, yeah. they'll you always have dead money. But, you know, that's the other thing. You want to keep that dead money to a certain percentage of your cap. And I think Shane is, you know, this year he had to rip off a few more bandages. But it's going to it's gonna come down. And they're going to be in a lot better shape. Even, yeah. you know, more so next year, I think.
1: Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for next year. Yeah, I mean, I can't oh. wait for this year coming up. But the, the following year, I think we're going to be really good. Um, Let's see, Galladay killing us Could have had a wide receiver one this year Galladay, God, we're signing Maybe the worst signing in Giants history, Galladay Yeah Awful
0: Yeah, I mean, Galladay Remember how we were all excited about Galladay?
1: Of course we were Rightfully so (laughs) We hadn't had a wide receiver since Odell Beckham We're, you know, talking about Galladay was really good with the Lions You felt like he fit Jason Garrett's offense To a T. Um, you know, he kind of had that Des Bryant type vibe to him in terms of the type of wide receiver that he was. So you said, Oh my God, this is a really good fit. And I mean, you know, we, 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 know how it turned out, but that was a disaster.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. But you know, listen at the time, like you said, well, I, you see what bothered me about the, the Galladay signing in retrospect actually what bothered me about all the signings they made that, that year. All those guys had some kind of injury issue, recent injury issue, and it was the anti. It, it was the opposite of the approach they had taken the year before. Yeah. So yeah. why would you get? You, and it's interesting because Shane kind of did the same approach with guys coming off injury. You know, Paris Campbell, who has a recent injury history, Waller. Yeah. You know, I, that kind of makes me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie.
1: The difference is, though, Campbell's a one-year deal. Galladay so, was four years 72 million. Um the yeah.
0: to contract too, as I remember.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Stanley. Stanley says, When are you covering the Knicks? I'm doing the Knicks game on Saturday, so I'll be doing all the playoff games. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys <laughs> for being here. I appreciate Where it. Who do they play? Uh, Cavs. Okay. It's a good uh, matchup because uh the Cavs best player was the um the guy that every Knicks fan wanted to sign this offseason, season and the Knicks ended yeah. up uh you know, letting them go to the Cavs. So Donovan Mitchell right. taking Knicks. I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right, here's a question from Playoff P: Which was worse, the Galladay or Soldier signing? Ooh. I'm gonna say the Galladay because Soldier. Yeah. yeah. I understand why they went with Soldier.
1: I understand why they did both, but I agree. I the Galladay so, was
0: Soldier. You know, yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna go with Galladay. I'm, Soldier I'm at least
1: part. gave us Soldier was actually good the second half of his first year. Yeah. The first he was bad. The second he was actually really good. And then he had the thing with his kid. And then, yeah. you know, and COVID. So, yep. I mean, so it was a horrible signing. I'm not sticking up for the signing, but uh, it it much, I think it was much, not nearly as bad as Galladay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Galladay, to me, never looked right. Yeah. Coming off that hip injury. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and you know. Like uh, amazing guy says here, uh, solder was an improvement over Flowers, which was a big bust. You know. Speaking of busts, can we all? Who's the bigger draft bust in your opinion? A recent dra- Giants ba- draft bust, Flowers or Tony?
1: Oh, okay. I'm gonna give my argument for both. Flowers was so bad. Flowers was so bad. I um,
0: hated that pick with
1: a passion. Here's the thing with Tony. At least Tony turned into Darren Waller, right? Because we got the pick for Tony, and then we flipped it for Waller. But by the same token, you could say, had we never traded down, we could have Micah freaking Parsons. So, I don't know. <laughs> a, that's a tough one. Tony Tony was a, ba- a really bad pick, too, for the Giants. So, obviously, we didn't get anything out of him. But at least he turned into Waller. So, um. From that standpoint, I think I will go that Flowers was the worst pick because at least we got Waller out of Tony.
0: All right, DeAndre Baker, let's throw him into the mix. Now, to be fair, and I try to be fair, folks. I'm not trying to defend anybody. I'm just trying to be fair here. When the Giants drafted him, there was Mm -hmm. nothing in his profile that suggested that he would run a foul or allegedly run a foul uh, the way – things worked out with him. Mm -hmm. That being said, some of the concerns I had is there were reports about his work ethic not being what it needed to be. Um, There were, when he was drafted, I had veterans tell me that he was not exactly the model worker. I had veterans tell me that he was, uh, you know, that they would try to help him and he would be like, I got this. Like he had all the answers. Right. So that, to me, was a problem. And then, of course, he got benched and he had the attitude and everything like that. And, you know, there were guys who tried to help him, you know. But uh, you put him in that mix, that Flowers, um, you know, Baker and, and Tony mix. Who's What's the worst of, of the three?
1: I think I'm going to go with Flowers. <laughs>
0: I gotta go. Well, I gotta I'm go. I'm gonna go with Baker.
1: I'm gonna go with Baker. I'm gonna go with Baker. Trade it up. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Baker. Eli Apple's a bad pick too for the Giants.
0: That was oh, I hated that pick too. Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. That I think was huge. I, if I go back in time and do a redraft, think how good of a draft that would have been if the Giants would have just taken because there was a lot of options there. The if you look at some of the wide receivers that went in that draft. DK Metcalf went in the second round. Debo Samuel went in the second round. And A.J. Brown went in the second round. So think about this. If we took any of those three with DeAndre Baker's pick, with Dexter Lawrence and Daniel Jones, that might have went down as one of the greatest drafts in New York Giants history. Had they taken A.J. Brown instead of DeAndre Baker, right? Because Dexter Lawrence now looks like a great pick. Daniel Jones looks like at least a good pick. Um, And a potential franchise quarterback. Like, think how great of a draft that could have been had we taken D.K. Metcalf or uh, Debo Samuel with that pick, whew. would have been a wild draft, right? Wow, yeah, <laughs> would have been an
0: awesome draft. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I that 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 pick because they traded up to get him, and then you know that pick not working out. I mean, whew. yeah, but, was I, but the, yeah, you you're right though the the Eli Apple pick. I had Eli Apple in the second. And on the second day. I think I had him as a second or third rounder. I forget what it was, but I know it was a second. And when they picked him, I, that was that was the knee jerk reaction, right? Because didn't they, wasn't that the draft Leonard yeah. Floyd was in they there? Wanted, uh, they wanted uh,
1: Conklin. They wanted Conklin. Right.
0: And everybody yeah. knew. Everybody knew what the Giants were, were going to do. Everybody. Yeah. It was the worst kept secret.
1: Yeah, it was a horrible pick. The Evan Ingram pick didn't work out either. Um,
0: they, they never used Evan Wright, though.
1: No, he's a good I player, think. but I, I wanted an offensive lineman with that pick.
0: Yeah, I, I did too. But, you know, Evan, to be fair, nobody could figure out oh, the coaches that they had never figured out how to use him properly.
1: Yeah. I mean, he had a great year um, last year. It was well,
0: I mean, look, look, Wait. Right, look at what, you know, Doug Peterson's using him properly. And he Peterson's had a big year. He's really known
1: as a tight end guy, too. He's known as a, a guy that gets a lot out of tight ends. So it's a good fit, but. Didn't work out. And, yeah, we could have T.J. Watt is right. Amazing guy with that pick. <laughs> or Ryan oh, Ramsey, who turned out to be a really good uh, guard for the uh, Saints. So, wasn't a good pick.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, uh, yeah, if you're going to take these guys, you got to know. Well, you know, listen, the turnover in coaching didn't exactly help either. When You have a different staff yeah. coming in every every other year. That, that destroys a franchise. The and, second
1: and- we fired Shermer. Not that I'm saying he didn't deserve to be fired, but the second we fired Shermer, I was, I was nervous because uh, for Daniel Jones I was nervous because then then you bring a you know and and sit, that was a mistake to do that as quickly as we did because I think that screwed up everything that screwed up Jones's development screwed up everything and I think we're finally coming out of it but yeah you got you need some stability I think we finally have it but um, that that was a trap for the Giants for a long time constantly firing coaches. Um, <sighs> I think we finally got it. I think we got our guy that's going to be here for at least the next 5 years with Dable and and Shane. So. Yeah. That, that's why I'm excited. I think we I think we finally have that magical pairing.
0: Finally, yep. Which is yeah. what they should have done right from the get-go. Mhm. I mean, you go back to when Coughlin left and I felt at the time I'm like, okay, you're keeping Jerry Reese, but you're getting rid of Coughlin? Yeah. And you're keeping Eli, Ma- to, to me, it just seemed like, okay, a leak sprung here. So let's plug this leak, but we're okay over here. Then all of a sudden, oh, a leak is springing over here. It, it's like, just strip everything off and, and just put a new protective barrier so you don't have these leaks springing. And that's basically what they did. Yeah. Uh, now you can make the case, well, they inherited Daniel Jones from the previous regime. Okay, well, Daniel was kind of a, you know, a toss-up, you didn't really know what you were going to get from him because he didn't have stable coaching.
1: Think about this, though. Whenever anybody destroys Daniel Jones from here on out, all these Twitter GMs, all these guys that think they know more than everybody else, think about this. Daniel Jones now has had three different head coaches, two of which never had anything to do with him being here, go to bat for him. He's had two different GMs go to bat for him has got to be something they know in that building that a lot of these Twitter GMs don't. It's got to be something because, yeah. you know, Joe Shane ain't putting his neck out on the line unless he believes in this guy. Same thing with Brian Dable. Same thing with Joe Judge, right? Um, so, you know,
0: they. Well, I, good. He's got a great work ethic. He's highly respected. You know, he's not afraid to, to bust his tail. Do you, and do, you,
1: do you think Daniel Jones is going to break out this year? Do you think this is finally the year that he breaks up? I,
0: I think it could be. And and the reason for that is the other thing is you had coaches that didn't really collaborate as much with Daniel as the staff is doing. Yeah. So, you know, they might say, hey, Daniel, what do you like to run? Or what do you think we should run this week? Oh, I think we should do A, B, C, and D. Okay, thanks. And then next thing you know, they're doing X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, why did you bother asking? Right. It made no sense. You know, if you're going to ask for the guy's input, Shouldn't you use it? So, and then and then you're asking him to do things that aren't to his strength. You took away the deep ball, for example, and then you're using the excuse, well, the offensive line stunk. All right, well, what are you doing to fix it? Are you doing max protect to fix the offensive line since you don't have the talent?
1: That's what I said last year. You know, everybody, said, said, everybody said, like, midseason, oh, the Giants blocking is, is good, and I'm watching the game. And I'm saying to myself, especially like the first six or seven weeks, I said this several times throughout the year. Yeah, he's got more time to throw, but why does he have more time to throw? Because they got seven guys blocking. They got seven What's eight guys part? blocking because they, they can't trust Evan Neal out of, by himself. So, yeah, Jones has three or four seconds to throw, but why does he have three or four seconds to throw? Because he's got one wide receiver running around. So they, you know what I'm saying? So I want to have a team where I can run five wide and trust my offensive line to be able to give Daniel Jones enough time to throw the football. So, and I think we started to see that a bit towards the end, but we got to get Evan Neal right. I think once we get Evan Neal right, that's when you could really open up this offense because once you could trust the bookends, that's going to help the middle because those guys will be able to help one another. And then that's going to allow us to open up this offense. But that's why I think Evan Neal's the huge key this year, because if he could do his job, you don't need two or three extra blockers to stay in for Daniel Jones to be able to make his reads and throw the football. And you could have an extra two or three guys running routes. So, you know, that's what I'm excited about this year. If Evan Neal could take that
0: step. And, And to your point, I had Willie Anderson on the show last week or the week before, I forget what it was, but it was recently. Willie Anderson, former NFL offensive lineman who has been doing some training with Evan Neal. So if you haven't checked this interview out, folks, I think you'll want to check it out. It was a really good interview uh, with Willie. I'm going to see if I can find it on my list and and link it in the chat box here. But uh, Willie basically made the point that um, Evan Neal played left tackle in college. Now he comes to the pros. He's playing right tackle. He goes, everybody thinks it's just boom. It just happens. He goes, it takes time and they never developed a, a comfortable st- uh, stance for him. And that yeah. was something that Willie was working on with him. So I just linked the the uh, the the interview with Willie Anderson in, in the chat box. Highly recommend you check it was out. He, it was he he it it. Yeah,
1: I saw videos with Evan Neal was working with somebody. Was that yeah, who it was? that was him. Well, oh, that's awesome. You got him on once the channel?
0: Was, yeah, once I saw that, I, I immediately reached out and I said, hey, would you come on and, and talk about, you know, Talked about, and he, and he was great. He was fantastic. Yeah. You know, uh, we I talked don't... about leverage. We talked about, you know, the stance, you know, and, and the beauty thing, the beautiful thing about it is that Willie worked in cooperation with Bobby Johnson, you know, so it's not like, you know, sometimes, and, th- and this is a problem sometimes with some of these guys who go off with their own individual trainers. The mm-hmm. trainers don't touch base with the coaching staff to find out what they want. So the trainers might teach them to do one thing, and the coaching staff is like, no, that's not how I want it done. I want it done this way. So that you know that's something that you know willie and 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 Bobby Johnson stayed in contact. Now, I don't think Willie worked with with Evan you know for weeks. I know he worked with him here and there, but trust me, folks, there's going to be a difference in Evan Neal based on what you know what Willie was able to share and they're they're determined to get him right, and I, I think mean- they will.
1: They get him right. That's the key to me. You know, we, we everybody talks about the weapons, and I get it. I want the weapons too. I've been pounding the table for it. You get him right, that opens up everything, and mm-hmm. and that that's that's what's going to allow this offense to really open things up. Is if he could take that big step, and if he does, I'm telling you. This Giants offense next year is going to be a force. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, they're going to be a force next year. So I'm I'm hoping Evan Neal takes that step. He's he's the key factor next year for me. And obviously, yeah.
0: health.
1: Uh you know, health, but um I'm excited. I'm really excited for his growth.
0: Yeah, because I mean if he doesn't work out, yikes. Which, by the way, you know, we, we talked about just to go back to the draft, I wouldn't be upset if they take a backup. Tackle. I know they've got Tyree Phillips and they've got Matt Paird. I'd like I, to get I another be I you
1: know.
0: would not be surprised if they take another guy to maybe to be a swing tackle down the line or somebody I, they can develop.
1: I almost expect it. It might be in like the sixth or seventh round, but I almost expect yeah. them to take a tackle. I I wouldn't be surprised if we leave this draft with three linemen, two interior and an exterior. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Just
0: get me a center, please.
1: Yeah. Get Just me a, a center. Get me. Just give me a couple of three hundred pounders. That's all I have. every draft. That's all I want. Everybody wants the toys, and I just want three. I want two or three three hundred and twenty 320-pound
0: You're you're dreaming of of three hundred pound men this month? Is that what you said? Every
1: every it usually starts around <laughs> mid mid to late March, like right around when baseball starts. That's when I start getting three hundred and thirty pound men in my dreams. So
0: it oh kicked, kicked out right around
1: opening day for the Mets, and every night I go to bed, I'm thinking <laughs> about three hundred and thirty pound men. So just give me like two of those guys this year. I'll be thrilled.
0: Just give me a center in round two. If I get a center, you're going to hear me yell wahoo all the way from, from the first. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I mean, I'm, look, I'm tired of this rotation with centers. I, they haven't had the same starting center on opening day since Weston Richburg was here. I think it was 2016 and 17 yep, and so two I yep. guys started back to back at the position. I'm tired of it. Get me consistency, please. You know? <laughs> Is that too much to ask? And, you know, going back to Schmitz uh, for a second, and I don't think he's going to be the pick, but if they were to draft Schmitz in the first round, mm-hmm. do you know the historical uh, tie that he would have to, to to the franchise in that case? No, tell me. The last time the Giants drafted a center in the first round was when? Do you know? And do you long, know who it was?
1: Long time.
0: hmm Who was it? Brian Williams in 1989. What school did Brian Williams play for?
1: I'm, I'm guessing I'm guessing the same school as him.
0: Yeah. Minnesota. Wouldn't that be a kick in the pants? Huh. If they had, if they if they landed schmidt same school. Same I mean, I don't school. think we're going to go center in the in the first round, but I, I I thought about that. I said, oh, that would be kind of you know a nice little trivial trivia type of question, because they have I not drafted think. a center, a pure center, in the first round. I
1: I feel I feel, like, I feel like I feel like if we take them, you can't. Everybody's going to be disappointed, but I feel like when you have a chance to breathe, you, it's not really a pick that you should flip out about.
0: I still want can. I still want uh t- I think Tipman's the better option because again you want athleticism you want a guy who can pull and and get to this you know fire out to the second level and I think Tipman is a little bit better in that regard.
1: What do you think of Stromberg? Stromberg actually had a better combine than I thought he would. Cuz he he was he was he was a little more athletic than I thought he would be.
0: Yeah, I I, I just want athleticism at that position. Yeah. I'm not so sure Schmitz brings that. I wouldn't hate the pick if it was Schmitz. Yeah. But I, I, I'm the more I think about it, the more I want somebody who's more athletic.
1: So you're going Tipman. That's your guy.
0: That's my guy. Now watch. He won't be there. <laughs> he won't be there. Watch. I you wouldn't know? be surprised. I, I'm,
1: Although, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. One or two of these centers are going to go much higher than people think. I'm probably. telling you. Like there's, thought, de- there's absolutely going to be a first round center. I'm telling
0: I you. I thought I saw a mock where the Lions that had the Lions picking Schmitz in the first round.
1: They have two picks, right? They pick. Uh, no. So. I think they got the fifth in the. They they, they picked twice. Didn't they they
0: just didn't they just get Atlanta's pick in in the Akuta trade.
1: Yeah, that was a later pick, though.
0: Oh, but okay. They,
1: yeah, they, no, they got, um, that was like a fifth rounder, but they have, they have two first round picks in this draft. I think they're picking like fifth and they're my sleeper team. Nobody's talking about it. They're my sleeper team to take Anthony Richardson.
2: Oh, and yeah. You know,
1: Cause I think about it, and, and Jared got played really well last year. But if you're Detroit, you're an up and coming team. You're getting a lot better. You, you're projecting to be a playoff contender. You don't know when you're going to have an opportunity. Uh, to to take a quarterback at the top of a draft again, right? They kind of fell into that pick because of the trade. If you could trade up a pick or two to get a guy, if they like him, to get a guy that could be the long-term answer, at quarterback, and he could sit a project behind Goff for a year as you build up that line, I think he could make a ton of sense for them. And I, yeah. I haven't seen many people talk about it, but I think he could make a ton of sense for them.
0: And by the way, can I just say how happy I am that the Giants are having joint practices with the Lions?
1: Yeah, I, I, the I, Lions, I, mean, I think the Jets, was it I read? I, there were a couple of teams yes, that
0: Yeah, that's going to be at Florham Park, that practice, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: But the, the Lion practice is going to be out in, in uh, Detroit. So, you know, that's going to be a, a road game for the Giants. So that'll probably be the opening one. And then I think the Jets are the following week. So they're going to be week two. And then I think they finish up with the Patriots. I think that's the preseason schedule. I don't know the exact dates, but I think those are the three teams. But, I, you know, to your point about the Lions, you know, I was thrilled for Dan Campbell. I knew Dan Campbell always wanted to you know, be a head coach. And and Dan Campbell used to be a tight end here. He was actually a giant strap pick. So I got to cover him back when he was with the team. I always liked the guy. And, you know, I know he always wanted to be a coach. And, you know, I was thrilled for him. I
1: just (laughs) – He's he's flipped that team. That team is – Looking really oh, he's
0: cool. old school, and I and I respect that about him. And and you know, I I, I it's funny when he was hired. I wrote him a I think I t- I might have told you the story on on the show, but I wrote him a letter congratulating him, and I said, "Listen, man," I said, "I'm not supposed to root for a team." I said, "But I would root for your team, except when you play the Giants. Then I can't do it." And he wrote me back a you know wonderful letter. First of all, I didn't even know if he would remember me, and he did. And he wrote yeah. me back a wonderful note. And uh, so I, I just I just want to see him do well because I'm I think I
1: think I think they're going to win the North this year.
0: Well, listen, with, with, with the Packers, you know, in a transition period yeah. And Minnesota, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. with I'm that not anymore. sold
1: on Minnesota. I, I, I think sure. I think the Lions are going to win the North. I'm also
0: year. not sold on Chicago, to be honest with you. Even Chicago's the
1: garbage. Chicago's they're,
0: garbage. Making, they're making moves, but I'm not sold on that team. Yeah,
1: I'm not sold on Chicago. The uh, Lions are going to win the North. I think they're going to win 11 or 12 games.
0: I can see it happening. I'm buying into the Lions. Hamill is old school, and that's what I, I – you need more old school coaches, I think, in the league.
2: Yeah.
0: Per, yeah. I think at any rate. All right. Uh, J.C. Silver asked about Giants on hard knocks. Nope, not happening. They're not eligible. Um, I no. think if you've been in the playoffs the last two seasons, you're, you're exempt.
1: Farrah so, would never do it. Farrah
0: doesn't do it. want to do it. You know, let, it, it's interesting. If you're most teams, I don't get the impression, want to go play overseas because it's such a logistical pain in the tush. Yeah. And a lot of teams really don't want to do hard knocks, but somebody's got to do it. So I think last year, the Giants reluctantly went overseas. That was mm-hmm. the impression I got at any rate. And they said, okay, we'll go overseas, but leave us alone about hard knocks. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that discussion. You know, took place.
1: Who's the who's the candidates for Hard Knocks? Actually, I I saw an I article. The
0: Jets are the Jets, I believe, are one.
1: That would be a um, there's with four Aaron Rodgers there. That would be a disaster. The, the
0: Jets would be one. Um, There's four teams and I can't remember. Who Jets,
1: I got it here. Jets, Bears, Saints, Commanders. Jets, Bears, Saints, Commanders.
0: You can I, I know the rules are if you've been in the playoffs the last two years, you're you're exempt. If you, you have a new coach, you're exempt. You're, you're exempt, right? Yeah. So. Uh, or
1: push. Yeah, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be the Jets.
0: Oh, I hope it's the Jets.
1: I think it's the Jets. I the
0: hope it's the Jets. If they get oh, Aaron, Rodgers, I might watch if it is.
1: If they get Aaron Rodgers, I mean, who's more interesting out of those four? The Jets, the, oh, Bears, the
0: that's that's what they're waiting on.
1: I think it's, gonna I Jets. Think
0: it's going to be the Jets. They've been hard knocks
1: twice before, haven't they? With Rex Ryan, yes, yeah,
0: yes, they did it a few years ago.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I bet, and, and I bet you Robert Sala wouldn't be too happy if they end up on hard knocks. But, <laughs> oh <laughs> I well. I bet and he you said. Listen, you know, from a selfish perspective, you know, they get Aaron Rodgers. You know, I think the the media attention is going to swing over to the Jets. And that's fine. That means less crowds on a Wednesday and Thursday over at the Giants.
1: Let I'm it, fine with that. Let them get the attention. I, I don't. I'm
0: fine with that.
1: Yeah, let them get the attention. I don't care. We'll just we'll just keep yep. building the right way.
0: Yep, exactly. All right, folks, we got a few more minutes before we wrap it up. If you have any other questions, pop it in the in the uh, the chat box. We got to uh, just real quick, Tana, I got I got to mention. Thank goodness this Odell saga is over. I mean, I'm surprised that he went to the to the Ravens. I'll be honest with you. I thought for sure he was going to the Jets.
1: What? 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 What is what?
0: Eighteen mil. What,
1: what, what he, drugs he, is Baltimore's general manager on? What <laughs> drugs are you smoking?
0: Eighteen million no dollars for Odell Beckham. Fifteen million guaranteed, up to eighteen million. Uh, the highest. For a guy, paid guy coming answer. off of an ACL, two ACLs.
1: The highest paid wide receiver in this year's class was $11 million a year before that. He's coming off two weeks out
0: Are you kidding me? I what don't get it. it.
1: I, th- I, think it's, I think it's to make Lamar Jackson happy. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yep. Because Lamar, Lamar probably pushed for it. He said, I want Odell. Give him whatever he wants to play here. And they're like, oh, it's a one-year deal. Whatever. We'll rip it up at the end of the year. We want to make sure we keep Lamar Jackson. That's the only thing that makes sense to me.
0: Ever since Ozzy retired, Baltimore's strategy for roster building has been a head scratcher.
1: Yeah, Ozzy was great. Ozzy was the best.
0: Ozzy was 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 the Howie Roseman of his day.
1: Yeah, he was fantastic. But I didn't, I did not get this. I don't get this one. But I think it's the is it it the Costas the GM there now? Yeah,
0: unbelievable.
1: I didn't get but it. But I'm I
0: glad. I am so glad that the saga is over because every week somebody would say the Giants gotta sign him. The guys they gotta sign him. They can't let him go to the Jets. They gotta bring Odell home. No, they don't. <laughs> you think if the Giants really wanted Odell, they would have made it happen. I mean, think about it. They would have found a way to make it happen. Yeah. They were gonna pay him 15 million a year. Why, you might as well take that $15 million and pay Saquon that. I'd be better, you know, if, if it came down to Saquon or Odell for 15000000 million, I'd say pay Saquon that money faster.
1: I agree. I agree. Oh, everybody, here here's the truth about the Odell thing. If Odell Beckham had never played for the Giants before, he was the same caliber of player, he was a Jet, he was a Bill, whatever, never was drafted by the Giants, never played it down for the Giants, Giants fans would look at it objectively, and they would say, of course I don't want to sign this guy. Not, not not for $15 million, but you get a portion of the fan base that has this emotional attachment to the guy because mm-hmm. of what he did seven years ago, and they're like, oh, you got to get Odell. He's a number one wide receiver. No, he's not. No, he's yeah. not. Odell, Odell Beckham hasn't been a number one wide receiver since he left the New York Giants, and now he's coming up with yep. two ACL tears. I get he looked really good in the Super Bowl, but come on. He's playing with Nick Vey. He's playing with Cup. He's playing with weapons all over, you know, all over uh, in Bo- in uh, with the Rams. So, no, that would have been a disaster. I'm glad that we didn't sign Odell Beckham. Disaster. Yeah,
0: and I'm glad this, and I'm glad that's been settled. Because yeah. I, I got to be honest with you, I was getting tired of the same question. I was getting tired of people arguing with me, and I kept saying, "I said it's not happening." I remember I had a discussion with somebody. Uh, one of one of the um national people who kept saying giants are gonna sign odell and you know not to be disrespectful to the individual I was like it's not happening they don't have the money to do it yeah. And they said oh they used to the Kenny Galladay money I said no they won't because it's not gonna be that much
1: if you can and sign odell four, four, three four or five million dollars sure but you knew that was never gonna happen so it, it never made any sense it wasn't gonna happen not
0: no, not not at that money, and and when Odell said that the Rams offered him, I think four million a year, and he says, "Oh, I need a lot more than $4 million." That right there should have been your clue that it, yeah. that he wasn't planning here.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, but look, I, I actually I do get it. People people grow attached to players. Yeah,
1: I was attached to Eli. Oh, you get yep. attached to the players that you fall in love with. I well, get it. You,
0: Especially when players move on. Like, I saw a lot of people say, oh, the Giants should signed sign Dal- Dalvin Tomlinson. You know
1: I wouldn't have been against it. I didn't think his market was going to be what it was. If it was eight yep. or nine, I would be okay with it, but not for 15. Yep. Um, yeah, so it is what it is, but I- I'm glad that we didn't end up signing him. Not for the price that he, you know, he got. If it was three or $4 million, sure, but I always knew he yeah. was going to get eight or
0: nine. And I don't don't think he would have been the the number one receiver, and that's the other thing. In this offense, I don't know if there's a true quote unquote number one receiver, because what what they like to do is they like to feature different guys every week. So if you're not feeding Odell the ball, how do you know he's not going to sit there and throw a temper tantrum like he did when he was here the first time? Yeah. See, so, I I,
1: yeah, I disagree with Jack. He says there's no attachment. He's a weapon. We need weapons, but there's other weapons. There's other weapons. I I, too. I, I, I think people don't. Look, you know, they, I'm not again. If it was five million, if we could sign him for the Paris Campbell contract, yeah. But there were fans out there saying, "No, he's a number one receiver. You got to give this guy twelve, $13. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, if it was like a one-year, six million-dollar deal, sure. But I always knew he was going to command more than that. He's not the same weapon he was. He's just not.
0: Yep. Get younger. You know, I
1: want to to draft the next Odell Beckham. I don't want to pay for the 30-year-old coming up with two ACL
0: tears. Amen. So we've got closure there. And now, like I said, still to be resolved, Dexter Lawrence. I think a deal will get done. Um, I don't know that something's imminent, but if I had to take a guess, I would say hopefully by the end of the month, if I yep. had to take a guess as to when it gets done, I would think certainly before the draft, they'd like to get something done, if at all um, possible. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but they do have parameters and, and you know, like a, a range given some of these contracts that these other guys have signed around the league. So no reason why that you know that's just a matter of guaranteed money and how they're going to structure it. I think that should come together fairly quickly. Um, but yeah, they've got they did they, they just got to you know open up some money and and that's that's the number one way to do it. And I think it'll get done. If I had to take a guess, by the end of the month would be. I guess. agree.
1: I, I'd be I'd be shocked if it's not done by the but probably before this draft. If I'm being honest, I think it's going to be done soon, within a week or two. I think that's what done. Yeah.
0: Well, put, put it this way: I, I already have, uh, I've got the template written. All I got to do is pull in numbers.
1: Well, there you go. So, it's coming, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's coming. It's, it's, it's not like I'm breaking any. It's kind a matter of, of when, anymore.
1: not if. It's a matter of when and what and what it's. Well, I, I
0: think we could all agree it's a matter of when. You know, not yeah. if. Well, yeah. So. yeah. But uh, you know, there's certain things you don't have to be an insider to know that that you know that you can get ready. But uh, the next thing I got to do is I got to start writing templates for my number one picks so that when that's made, I can quick knock them out. So, but uh, one thing at a time, we still got plenty of stuff coming up. Speaking of which reminder, those of you uh, still left with us, thank you for, for, first of all, thanks to everybody who stayed with us the full, I think we're going on two and a half hours here. So thank you all for staying uh, as long as you have on Monday. Joe, um, excuse me, Brian Dable and the player select players will be on video conference calls. So we will have, you know, stories over on Giants Country. I'll probably have some stuff here on the podcast, recapping some of that stuff. Um, Joe Shane is talking on the 20th, which is Thursday. Is the 20th Thursday. I should know this, right?
1: Today is, Thursday. today was the 13th. Yeah, so yeah. It's
0: next Thursday, yeah. Yeah. All right, so Joe Chains Talk Events, that's gonna be covered obviously on the podcast. And I may do another mock draft just for the heck of it. I, I think I'm gonna say,
1: I think I'm gonna do one more mock draft, but I'm gonna save it for like a day before the draft. Like I might
0: one. I might save it. I might save it as well. So um
1: I think yeah. you know what I think I'm gonna do, Patty. I think I'm gonna do a first round only mock draft the day for before the draft. Yeah, every team the day before, and then directly after the first round, I'm going to predict who we're going to take day two. I'll do a video on that, and then maybe predict who we're going to take in day three, the day, the day of. That's that's what I think I'm going to do, Ooh, based okay. off what happened in the first round, based off what happened rounds two and three.
0: Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm still figuring out, because like you said, I'm going to be at East Rutherford, and I've got some late nights, so – I ain't planning on sleeping during the draft. I never do, so. But I'll I'll get stuff out for you guys. I promise, whether it be here or in Giants Country or on both. So, Davy uh, asked what time of Monday. Um, Dable was scheduled um, around noonish. They said approximately noonish. So give or take. If you want to be on Twitter at that point, you know that would be a good time to be on Twitter, um, if you if you want to. So anyway, folks. We're going to wrap it up here again. Thank you all for, for hanging out with us. This was a blast. We missed you, dog. We'll, we'll see, dog, probably. You know, and if weeks. And Effie I guess you and I will talk again after the draft, right? Yeah, whatever you whenever
1: we'll figure, it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. After the
0: draft, and then we've got the rookie camp. Uh, I think the rookie camp is the week after that, afterwards. Yeah, I well, do.
1: after the draft, you got the UD, UDFAs, that's pretty big. Then you got, then you got the mini camps, and you got, yeah. There's, there'll be plenty to talk Where's about. My
0: schedule here. Let me see. The rookie mini camp is when. That's April. Okay, that's Monday schedule. That's my article that I have to write. Let me see. I did this. Oh, here we go. The rookie mini camp is May fifth through May sixth. That's that looks like when it's going to be media Mediaeval. So that's the weekend. Is that the week after the draft, May fifth through sixth? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah that, That's that's the weekend. Week all right. Yeah. So yeah, if there's media avail, obviously we'll be there um, with interviews, observations. I mean, there's only so much you can tell, obviously. So yeah, plenty of stuff coming up, and then OTAs are going to kick in. As a matter of fact, I just had my whole schedule up here. But, all right. So the the, the schedule is um, Joe Shane is is next Thursday. The rookie minicamp May 5th through the 6th. And then the media gets access every third OTA. So May 25th, OTA number three, May 31st, OTA number five, June 8th, OTA number nine, and then the mandatory mini camp, at which point the coordinators will be available June 13th through 14th. And this is also out, out on NFL.com if you want to follow up on any of this stuff. But yeah, this that's that's the schedule for those wondering.
1: Can't wait. Okay, I, I can't wait till we find out this roster uh, after the drift. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be I'm fun pumped. for sure. I'm so, all right, folks, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube your first watch. Thank you to the Everydayers, Tana. Thank you. We thank we you. will chat, I'm sure. And uh, everybody, have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday with new episodes of the Atlanta Giants podcast.
1: Have a good night, guys.